Before we cut our cords and streaming was years away We could only binge our old DVDs and seasons didn't last one day But how did we cope? Weekly wave was such a tease With the two hour block of shows we could enjoy with ease on every Thursday we tune into NBC Travel to Dunder Mifflin, Greendale, TGS, and Bonnie They stopped calling it must-see, but it was still a beautiful sight Now I'm talking comedy night, and it's podcasted right Welcome to Comedy Night Podcaster, right? I'm Matt Kale, and you may have received a Valentine for me. Please understand that this does not mean that I like you in that way. I'm Sam. I'm dumb, but sweet. And I'm Gus, and I am a sailor on the sea of the human heart. It's all so touching today. And it's so touching because we have landed on February 11th, 2010. Episodes in the middle of February means we're talking Valentine's <laughs> Day episodes. So we have four Valentine's themed episodes on the docket. And we will be discussing Community Season 1, Episode 16, Communication Studies. <laughs> I wrote Communication Studios in my notes. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, Parks and Recreation, Season 2, Episode 16, Galentine's Day. The Office, Season 6, Episode 16, The Manager and the Salesman. And 30 Rock Season 4, Episode 13, Anna Howard Shaw Day. So you can be confused by all of those titles. I mean, Valentine's Day is the most one that sounds anything like Valentine's Day. <laughs> Unless you know all your uh, your suffragette history. <laughs> you probably don't know yeah. where Anna Howard Shaw is. Yeah, we mentioned this last week. Uh, uh, the last community episode we did was Romantic Expressionism, which you would think would be the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, communication is important in relationships, as we'll see tonight. <laughs> and the manager and the salesman. I don't know. There's nothing, something romantic about that at all. Unless it's like a rough um, reference to Officer and a Gentleman. That's. Is that a yeah. romantic movie? Oh, yeah. That's uh, that yeah. has the. I, I say, oh yes, I've never seen it. I know the la- the final scene is yeah, uh, love lift us up, yeah, where we belong. <laughs> Which yeah, uh, in um, in uh, I mean, The Simpsons is spoof that uh, Scrubs, Scrubs, um, in the office when uh, when Dwight goes to work for Staples, that song is playing when Michael goes to pick him up. Oh, Staples. <laughs> what the. <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> yeah so I, shit i don't know maybe that's yeah the manager and the salesman's got like a it's got a rhythm to it yeah, yeah. that's what it's supposed to be the office an officer and a gentleman hmm. i have no idea what that movie's about but now clearly an officer and a gentleman i guess <laughs> yeah. it's right there in the title <laughs> so uh today's episode um a little bit different uh, than the previous episodes because I couldn't really find anything worth talking about in the olds for 20 minutes. Maybe that's for the best. 
Uh, I found it. I found it kind of funny because uh, you know, kind of the, the big world event, and you see it a bit. Uh, the office references it obviously that the uh, 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics started the next night, uh, February 12th. Personally, as I started planning this podcast out, and I knew we'd be kind of covering this span of time, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I'm out so much to talk about Vancouver Olympics. Uh, you know, that's back when I started this a year and a couple months ago and now here we are and i was like i don't give a shit about this at all <laughs> I was like, it's like whatever they were the olympic i didn't even bother watching the two that have happened since i started having this idea which is maybe guys like yeah I, <laughs> this is no i don't care about the olympics yeah they're not that not that important no as a especially as we've seen in the last especially those last two it's just like oh these are these are still happening i mean mm-hmm. Good on the people. It's, uh... I will say, I feel like I was supposed to care about these Olympics because I'm Canadian. And I feel like I remember, like, if so, I live in Prince Edward, Prince Edward Island. So, like, smallest province in Canada. So, if there's like even like a brief reference to PEI, all of PEI cares about it. So I think there was like a couple, um, like there was maybe like a girl that sang the national anthem that was from PEI or there was like a couple, I think there was one athlete that was from PEI and now we have a street named after her and okay. she's like, I mean, yeah, she's a local celebrity, but like, and what's, rightly, uh, rightly so, what's, but what's PEI? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the smallest little baby province in PEA in Canada. Ah, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Gus, we, we got to get you out to the Edward East. Island. We got to get out to the East Coast someday. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to get a map, you know. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a world map right here. And I mean, well, it's backwards, but. Oh, we see it the right way. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, it's teeny tiny East Coast. Yeah, there's a there's a street here uh, in town named after Russ Howard, uh, Olympic curling gold medalist <laughs> extraordinaire. I think I don't. Did Russ Howard win a gold medal? I definitely remember being super into the gold medal. Uh, the Canadian men definitely won gold. Mm-hmm. I was super into it. My, my biggest memory of that Olympics. Uh, I'll tell the story now just because uh, it will become relevant in a little bit later. <laughs> but um, the the final day of the Olympics, I was in my wife and I took a vacation to New York City. And uh, uh, that the final day of the Olympics is when they have the hockey final. Uh, it was Canada versus USA. And so we already had the trip booked. And I was like, I know we've wanted to go to New York City our entire lives. I was like, I need to watch this hockey. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but we found a bar in uh, downtown Manhattan. I, I did it through some googling. I was like, "Where do Canadians gather to watch hockey games in in New York?" And uh, yeah, we found this little bar on Third Avenue. Uh, as soon as we walked in, it was just like there was already a hundred people in there wearing uh, like Team Canada jerseys. And then by oh, the wow. end, the bar was just packed full of Canadians. There was maybe three Americans and like other than the bartenders, like it was all just a bunch of Canadians. And uh, <laughs> that was when uh, Canada won the gold medal in overtime. And I had never, se- I've never hugged more strangers in my life. Like it was just, it was like, I couldn't imagine doing that today. Like I was just uh, too many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was like, it took me 
45 minutes to get a, get my, get to the coat check to get my build uh, coats to get out of the building. And my wife, she kind of went out and was just standing on the street. And she's just like 50 people have come out of the bar and more people are trying to get in. And they keep saying, no, we're over fire code. You can't get in. They're like, you just let those people out. And he's like, no, we are over fire code. <laughs> Still. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a very weird feeling. Cause obviously, you know, us Canadians love our hockey. So a gold medal win would be, a huge event and then but we were in new york city so now we're walking around all full of like we're all amped up and we're like oh yeah no one here gives a shit about <laughs> you know? yeah yeah there was a lot of for the rest of our trip there was a lot of like oh, it's it's good to see that the canadians won maybe they'll get interested in hockey now <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah that was uh yeah the winter olympics which michael mm-hmm. scott only could have been to but uh he decided <laughs> to cancel the last minute so that's that's uh, that's 2010. I try to see if anything interesting happened on Valentine's Day 2010. Just you know, typical human tragedies. We go through Wikipedia. It's all bad. It's all bad. There's never good old news. <laughs> no, no. The very first episode I did, I got to talk about Balloon Boy, and it's has been just less fun. <laughs> every <laughs> single. Episode. It's been deflating like a balloon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so it's it's been more like the uh the years of horrific legal troubles that his family had after that stunt oh shit. that's such a crazy story with that yeah it was <laughs> uh i recommend looking into it now because it's like it kind of gave into the news and then came out of the news and it's just like yeah that family was mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> all right so that is our, our quick and dirty old. So with that, we are going to jump right into community. So communication studies was directed by Adam Davidson, his second of eight communities directed and his first time back since the Christmas episode comparative religion. Uh, this was written by Chris McKenna. He would go on to write, this was his first, he would go on to write 10 more episodes. He's he's definitely got some of my favorites on here. He wrote uh, Conspiracy Theories in Interior Design, Digital Exploration of Interior Design, which is my favorite community episode title, uh, Paradigms of Human Memory, Remedial Chaos Theory, uh, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television, which was the finale, or yes, one of the finales. Mm. Maybe it was a season finale. Anyway, uh, he wrote just some of the best uh, community episodes. And like so many people who worked on community, he's now making that Marvel money. Uh, he wrote the uh, he wrote uh, No Way Home and Far From Home and Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they just Marvel just keeps mining from uh, <laughs> from community from well, really uh, comedy night done right in general. Um, <laughs> so when this episode First aired, 3.2 Nielsen rating, 5% share, 5.1 million viewers. Uh, pretty much story of the night is going to be everyone was just down just a hair in the viewership from last week. So with that, Sam, let's uh, let's hear the recap. Great. It's Valentine's Day at Greendale. Jeff, who is happily in a relationship with Professor Slater, receives a late night drunk dial from Britta and throws off the dynamic of their friendship due to the BCI or booty call implementation. Implication. Booty call 
happening to me? <laughs> Implication. This is all stated. You can edit that in. No. <laughs> this, is all, this is all stated. Implication. <laughs> you know, the implication. <laughs> Greendale is throwing a Valentine's Day dance, and Troy and Pierce are embarrassed by their lack of dates. They send themselves gifts to make everyone believe that they have prospects. No one is buying it, so they have to continue to up the ante just to keep up with the lie. Feeling protective, Shirley and Annie join in and help, perhaps just making things worse. To even the score with Britta, Jeff plans to fake drunk dial her, but Abed sees this as a directorial opportunity and serves as an acting coach to help sell the drunk dial. At the Valentine's Day dance, both plans come to a head and relationships are put to the test. Yes, we are getting deep into, uh, even after falling out of it for several weeks, we are back into heavy will they, won't they. Booty call implement- implementations. You <laughs> can't say that. Oh, the word implementation is like a big buzzword in my job. So for the past <laughs> like almost two years, it's been like nothing but like that word. Mm. <laughs> I fully I, wrote it too. I like the implication. Mm. <laughs> I like I like the implication of a booty call implementation. <laughs> that happens after the implication. Well, and that's. I mean, that's uh, at the very end, uh, Britta kind of saves the day. She's a friend to Jeff and and plays the part of just voicemail message where he just says he's so happy with Slater mm-hmm. and, you know, wants the same thing for her. And then, uh, and then she walks away with, yeah, I'm not going to. That was only the first 45 seconds of it. Was a two hour long message <laughs> yeah. or like that? So, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of implementation in the rest mm. of that uh, voicemail. I, I, I can't even imagine what a drunk message from Jeff Winger <laughs> would sound like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> late at night. Quite, quite the party they have. Uh, Abed cutting loose for the first time. You know, going, going his full method and having to be a good director. Uh, especially after we see his little bit in the classroom of how apparently he's no longer prophetic and now he's just filming scenes that have happened. <laughs> That direct, yeah, that have just happened, and I like that they had um like an actual child play Chang, mm-hmm. <laughs> like an actual child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think he's the kid from uh, Tropic Thunder, but mm-hmm. um, he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's antsy because he just quit smoking. Um, one thing, the guy he doesn't have any lines. Uh, I only figured this out on IMDb, but uh, in our crossover notes. Um, an actor named Ryan Martin plays uh, Starburns, uh, which you kind of you barely see him. He's up at the front. Um, but um, the offices, what was that episode called? Christmas Party, season two, when Michael goes to buy 15 bottles of vodka to, to <laughs> loosen up the Christmas party after he's rooted. Um, yeah, he's that'll like, do it. Whenever I rewatch that episode, I always thought that was actually Starburns in that scene. That actor, I was like, oh, it's like, hey. Because he just he has these big sideburns, and I was just like, "Oh man, that's Starburns from Community." <laughs> and then uh, after a while, I figured out who um, Dino—I can't even know how you pronounce his last name—Dino Stampin, whatever guy who plays uh, the actual Starburns. But in Abed's fake movie, the fake Starburns is the guy that I thought was Starburns <laughs> for many years. That's great casting, and it's yeah, by Abed. By Abed, and I and. Uh, the same thing had happened to me 
um, there's a there's an episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother where the, on New Year's Eve and they think they find Moby on the side of the road. <laughs> and the guy gets in the car and he's just not actually Moby. He's a psychopath. So that's to say, yeah. Well, and I thought he was the, I'm like, oh, that's Dean from Community. And then I'm like, no, it's not. But it's the same actor. They got to play the doppelganger <laughs> in season three. <laughs> like, because when he showed up, I, I eventually figured it out. And then, uh, but he shows up as like a, um, when they're all doing the celebrity impersonators. And I was like, I just had a feeling. I'm like, man, they're going to bring that guy that I thought was him <laughs> over. From- sure enough, he was on the show. Uh, for a few episodes, JP Manu or something's his name, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. These bald little skinny guys, they all, they all just, look the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chang, Chang's especially unhinged in this episode. Um, I see, I see, uh, Gus already answered this in our show notes. I really wanted to know if, uh, if Kickery Key is, <laughs> is a way that we say in Spanish how the, how the rooster crows. <laughs> No man, yeah. uh, I watched that episode a couple of times, and that's it's not a spot on impression. <laughs> it reminded me of um, the like recurring bit in Arrested Development where no one knows what sound a chicken makes, and they all do yeah. the different dances. <laughs> yes. And have you ever <laughs> seen a chicken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah. Oh, LT Great Chino. And then he's <laughs> and then he's just going hard at the Valentine's Day dance at the end. He um, is. Yeah. Isn't he holding like a bottle of liquor too? Of tequila I, or something? I it looked like tequila to me. I couldn't. It was it was yeah, brown liquid with the yellow label. That's usually tequila, tequila. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I, I thought maybe he was getting ready for his uh pop and Oktoberfest for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that dance is unhinged like yeah, the entire like group dance and then uh like chang's like acting like danny from greece like he's dressed <laughs> like danny from greece um and the song that's playing it's like it sounds so much like a black eyed peace song obviously that's like what they were going for mm. but do you know if that's donald glover singing it sounds like him it sounds a lot like him it does yeah notice it on the second time around uh i was like that it's has to be. be it has to be him i didn't look it up but i think it might be him yeah but they do such a good job of, of like capturing that terrible time in our lives when black eyed peas were inescapable they were huge i i, I just thought it was actual black eyed peas so i thought it was I don't know if it was on Saturday Night Live last week or maybe it was an older episode I was watching, but they were, uh, yeah, I know it was uh, with Lizzo hosting last week. They did a bit uh, going back in time to the Black Eyed Peas recording, um, <laughs> Boom Boom Pow. <laughs> they got the four of them, but it's just like, just the, it's like, I got, what are you guys, what are you gonna do? He's like, gotta get, get. It's like, gotta get, gotta get what? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he was doing Childish Gambino stuff that early on. So um, just his mixtapes and stuff like that. So it could have been him. Um, although the way he's just bawling while dancing, like Donald Glover's physical comedy <laughs> while he's twerking and just bawling his eyes out in a women's pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something else. 
not not the only dancing we see though we uh we get a, a loving homage to the breakfast club in in Abed's dorm room which uh, I'll admit I I put on the breakfast club today this afternoon because I hadn't seen it in years and I had a thought I was like why use this I'm like were they drunk in the breakfast I was like they couldn't have been drunk they were in Saturday detention yeah uh Anyway, I fell asleep and then woke up as that scene started. And it's like one of the last scenes in the movie. And I was like, oh, maybe they were high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's in a deleted scene. I'm yeah, I don't, drunk. Yeah, it's a uh, well, it's right after they all sit around and they spill their hearts out about stuff. I don't know. I was just waking up in the emotional part of the scene. Mm. And then and then they started dancing. And I was like, I yeah, I'm not rewinding. I got stuff to do. <laughs> But uh, they do like the dance moves, uh, including the pizza man coming in, <laughs> which Jeff wakes up wearing his shirt the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Abed getting just so hungover. I feel it. Hey, bro, mm. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the movie Kids Detention Breakfast Club. Yeah. Molly. <laughs> All the names he goes through. <laughs> Molly Ringworm. <laughs> <laughs> other stupid movies i watched this week i uh i watched not another teen movie the other day oh my uh, god uh a movie that also um rips on uh breakfast club a lot and they actually get back the uh i don't know if he's the principal or whatever he is but that actor um the one who's look at them locked in detention and uh oh he's just got one of the there's a line my wife and i used to say to each other all the time uh there's one of these kids is acting up, but he's just like, cry me your river, dick face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was you talk about these inside jokes you have with your spouse. <laughs> There's one in this week's episode of The Office that for some reason just like sticks out a lot. It's when Meredith um says, I have a thing with like men trying to cut my throat don't cut my throat yeah. and for some reason it's just one of those things i say too many times just don't cut my throat i don't know yeah i have this thing about men cutting or threatening to cut my throat don't try to cut my throat <laughs> why oh. i don't know why i pick up on that <laughs> <laughs> the uh super drunk with the uh... I don't know. Looks like they were having fun. And, and a phantom of the opera mask, too, Jeff wakes up in. Auburn's also, he's sleeping. Is he sleeping in his top drawer? Or is he just sleeping sideways on the bed? No, he's on the top drawer of his, of his, <laughs> of his dresser. Yeah. Of his dresser yep. It's a little short <laughs> and yeah. narrow. Yeah. With his uh, his uh, cigarette leg, <laughs> cigarette legs hanging at the end. <laughs> Which um, I thought about this a lot, too. Way too much. I've, I've thought about this so much every time i see the greendale human being i'm like that is danny pooty in that fucking costume i'm sure of it like he's it's a gray thing but i'm like he's got danny pooty's skin tone underneath of it like i'm sure of it and he's just a skinny little guy and i'm like i can't it's i don't know i i believe it's him and there's um in the scene where um the uh the cupid the cupid being first comes in <laughs> with the uh uh, yeah oh great now they've given a mirror <laughs> um they very specifically they never show abed like he's handed his basket by like two gray hands off screen there's like panning shots and then it cuts before it gets to abed he's always 
the only scene where they're actually in the same frame is as he walks out um, and then it pans over and Abed sitting at the table. And then uh, when he shows up in class later, Abed's not in class because him and Jeff are too hungover or as <laughs> Chang calls them Seacrest and Slumdog. <laughs> 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 um, I don't think we see Abed at the Valentine's Day dance at all. Um, and the, the human being is there dancing in his, his kissing booth. So mm. um, when you go on IMDb, there's a guy, William Love, who's not an actor. He's a sound technician or something like that. He's uncredited as the Green Bill human being every time he shows up. So like, I think he's a body double. I'm positive it's Danny Pudi under it. And I, I can't get confirmation that drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's a few episodes you kind of, but it's like the strategically, Abed's almost never in a scene or if he is, it's like a wide shot and there's nothing mm. going on. So if I ever get the chance to ask <laughs> Danny something. That's, that's what I want to know. Like, yeah. Did you ever put on that costume? <laughs> At the uh, was it the permanent marker smile? So he's high on fumes and a little angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Abed, he, I think he's a uh, pretty good for the plot in this one too. Having being able to uh, to recognize why things are getting so weird using his his pop culture knowledge. A um, little bit of a I don't know if it's a they retcon it later or how they do it, but uh, he brings up who's the boss. When Tony mm-hmm. saw Angela in the shower, a scene that's in the opening credits. And then, you know, he says, I don't know. I never got past the opening credits, <laughs> but at some point within the next couple of years, he's watched enough. Who's the boss <laughs> that he like teaches a class on it, teaches a class distinctively answers. Who is the boss? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never watched either of you watch. Who's the boss? Yeah. Very much before my time. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that Tony? Is it Tony Danza in that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I, I know it's Tony Danza because there was a <laughs> there was a thing in my uh, in my dorm uh, in university. Uh, rather than there was a group of guys, rather than you know putting a a sock on the doorknob when they had company, <laughs> they would put up a picture of Tony Danza. I was like. <laughs> Oh, why to- I'm like, why Tony Danza? And he's like, who's the boss? Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> nice. Yeah, but uh, uh, sort of like I know exactly what he's talking about because there's also a Family Guy episode uh, where they're making floats, and Peter just wants to make a float of the episode of uh, Who's the Boss where Tony saw Angela naked, <laughs> and then they end up winning the trophy. That is one of the Family Guy episodes that i have watched yeah oh yeah that was a that was super super early but they uh he does abba does bring up something i think a bit more age appropriate uh the episode where uh i can't remember how it goes rachel and uh chandler sees rachel yeah chandler sees rachel naked and then she tries to walk in on him and then in the shower but then consequently sees other people in the shower <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah uh there's an entire page on uh tvtropes.com which is just a fantastic website called the shower of awkward where <laughs> the numerous amount of times where a character has walked into a shower thinking it's their spouse and it's someone different uh it happened on home improvement it happened on 
Oh, that's the one that just sticks out to me on the list that I saw. Um, one thing I noticed in the list, though, like they had so many uh, and they weren't all sitcoms either. <laughs> but um, uh, I noticed they didn't have uh, uh, earlier on Parks and Recreation, uh, the episode Kaboom, where Andy shows up at April's house butt naked and it's Leslie that answers the door. Which we all know the piece of trivia behind that. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if it's a little different just because uh, it's not in a shower. Maybe that's uh, unexpected nudity. Mm-hmm. It's just all its own thing. Although apparently very similar to that story. I, uh, I was reading about um, it was, it was Tony Danza and I don't know the, I can't remember. I don't know the actress from who's the boss, but uh, um, they did the same thing. She actually flashed them so they get a genuine reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we have this this uh this thing going on between um slater and slater and jeff and and slater is obvious uh jealous from a britta right from the get-go um and uh another kind of long-running joke starts here i don't know if they did it on purpose or not but uh, we hear slater say the name beetlejuice um astute community fans will notice uh, uh, Beetlejuice is said two more times and just like in the movie Beetlejuice once Beetlejuice is said a third time Beetlejuice walks by in the background <laughs> um, yeah so this is as she's uh, she can't remember Britta's name so she calls her bitter, brittle Beetlejuice <laughs> um, the second reference is in um, uh, oh, the bottle episode whatever it's called Yeah, and they're making fun of Jeff's underwear saying he wears those striped Beetlejuice numbers <laughs> And then uh, the third one. Of course, Halloween. Yeah. So all you get is the Beetlejuice soundtrack. (laughs) Yes. The first of three. So yeah, I don't, who knows? Like someone, it's like, all right, I'm going to find a way to work Beetlejuice into three more episodes, three more times. And we're going to have Beetlejuice. I feel like the writers are that good that they would. Yeah. Like definitely plan this ahead. Yeah. Although it's uh, something I've noticed while you've been watching through is like, I always, when I first watched the show, like I liked Britta as a character and like kind of got the love interest in it. And then as you go back and watch, you know, it's as her character deteriorates and she becomes a verb and everyone hates her and things like that. Um, I'm just, I'm really enjoying the little bits you hear throughout the show about like how Britta is actually terrible all along. And uh, Abed just has like this kind of quick thing. Uh, he's like, do you like Britta? And Jeff's like, of course I do. Who does it? He's like, over half the people that meet her. <laughs> There's into her too, man. Yeah. Oh, you, How oh, did Jeff you get is, that statistic? Right. I'll show Britta my penis. <laughs> that's just, this immediate. <laughs> that's all solve this problem. Um, and, you know, and they got their, their little banter uh, again. Too bad this didn't line up with the, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes uh, with uh, with uh, Tom Haverford being concerned about the residents of Pawnee finding out what's going to happen to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> but, uh, Can I get you something? Water, smelling salts, and alibi for Cobain's suicide? <laughs> and of course, her retort much later. You look about ready to marry Courtney Love. That's the reverse of my zinger from before. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he points that out too, just to let us know. 
And then, in case you uh, missed it. <laughs> which I think I, I missed hear him saying that second part the first time. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, just take it down. So I was like, oh, yeah, you made a joke about. <laughs> second, I was like, oh, he calls it out. Like, no, I'm just an idiot. And just. <laughs> <laughs> they actually call it out specifically. Um, and, they, and they also, you know, they made the same joke about uh, uh, they did it right after each other, though, about the Cupid being. Uh, having mm-hmm. arrows and that can't be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and bo- and she's it's funny too, right? Because he she said that in in her drunken in her you know being hungover, and he says the same thing being hungover. Yeah. The whole <laughs> this whole plot with cell phones, or uh, I guess drunk dialing. Like I don't is 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 drunk dialing still a thing that the kids the kids are doing? I think it's probably drunk Snapchatting now. Drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't even thinking that. I, I thinking- am definitely known to um, take some silly videos of myself and send them to friends. Most recently, um, I have a friend that uh, all he had in his fridge was a Tupperware container of pickled eggs. I had never had a pickled egg before. Felt that I needed to try it, but I could not stop saying, can I offer you an egg in these trying times? So I just kept saying that over and over again. Well, How that's my pick- dr- that's my embarrassing drunk dial. How was your pickled egg? Oh, uh, it was terrible. Oh yeah, that's yeah, fucking nasty. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't come back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially drunk, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, I just. I just I found the uh, the use of voicemail to be a real uh, time capsule of this mm-hmm. episode. And thinking back to um, so many Seinfeld episodes nowadays are just the plots do not work because cell phones are a thing. I just felt like this is one like I don't think it'd be like competing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe unopened Snapchats. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or replay one. I say that like I actually understand how Snapchat. <laughs> You've all seen how I would deal with it in social media. It's, it's, it's not it's great. Fine. You don't need to know. No, I'm, I'm a 35 year old man. My time is up. <laughs> time is up, old man. Um, didn't talk too much about Pierce and Troy just immediately deciding to go along with the with the um, the pantsuit idea. Like they didn't even try to fight it. I found, <laughs> and then uh, and then even when they find out. Well, nice fix, Tweedledum, and even Tweedledum. <laughs> I love that joke so much. It's so bad. Yeah. And then they, uh, you know, they decide that they're they're going to man up and go out and do it. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, just, I think they just, I found it in, uh, it was in one of the reviews. Um, I think got it. They said it's like I feel like this was a reverse engineer joke where they wanted to get Chevy Chase and Donald Glover to, in pantsuits and dressed and dancing, <laughs> and then uh, work backwards from that. Um, seems very possible. <laughs> Anything else? Kind of on this episode, it's a pretty pretty kind of low key episode almost. Mm. Um, you know, the jokes are there. There's not huge amount of super heavy joke like it seems to just kind of be more based on the plot than anything um i don't know what what uh how do you guys feel about this episode i kind of forget about this episode because like there's so many episodes with 
dances. And then there's so many episodes where it's kind of Britta versus Slater. And then there's so many episodes of like hijinks at dances. And mm. um, so I do kind of forget about this one. I think it's, I mean, I think I noticed the lack of Dean, but especially in a dance, like, yeah, especially with an opportunity for him to be so flamboyant. Mm. Um, so while I love like little parts of it, I, I, think it's an episode i do tend to forget yeah yeah Yeah. i i thought it was you know a good episode they try to include most of the other characters and give them even screen time yeah it was funny a lot of one-liners uh the one that gets me it's abed's uh, one-liner about movie references movie reference (laughs) i feel like i just yeah i think that one's gonna go into the permanent drop board every time just movie (laughs) reference (laughs) <laughs> whatever i can't remember the exact line or something yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um you know we do it kind of it just kind of works well on so i think there was a lot having not seen it in a while um kind of a lot i thought was going to happen like i thought this was going to be uh i think it happens later in the season when um when chang we find out chang's wife has left him and i was like mm. i thought that was the valentine's day episode but instead it's this uh this plot and like we see pranks against Chang and other episodes like uh, when Brenda tries to put when she puts a sombrero on the frog. And, like, <laughs> so it kind of yeah, it seems like they they kind of explored a lot of these these themes a lot more in the future. So yeah, kind of after watching the whole thing, it uh, it seems um, yeah just a little bit less memorable. The uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Sam brought up a point. Um, <laughs> The Dean not be so he, he does you know we hear him at the start of the episode he's announcing the uh, the Cupid being doesn't appear on screen. I had I'd made it a point at the start of this like I got to keep track of the dances so that at the end when they do the transfer dance I'm like oh were there actually five separate dances because the Dean mm. has his it's like if you go to all five you get a <laughs> this T-shirt and it's all five dances. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've completely lost track now so I don't know we, we've seen the Valentine's Day dance. There was a Halloween. Was it a dance? I don't even know. <laughs> I can't remember. I have to keep that in mind whenever we get to the finale. Halloween. <laughs> there was wasn't there like a teachers only party? Yeah. So there's a there's the staff party, uh, and Chang's pissed off mm-hmm. that he has to miss it because Annie is hosting uh, her like an event. Yeah, it's like a a student can get uh, extra credit for right. hosting an event. Um, mm. So she hosts a Dios de los Muertos party. Mm. And Chang's like, I have to be there even though I'm not getting paid. It's and then, probably uh, not considered a dance. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll just see all the dances here to the end because I can't. I don't know if that Chang thing only happens in the in the last episode or if it's earlier. Chang and his, and his wife. Or have we already seen that? Have we already seen that? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Chang and Jeff become friends. Oh, there was the um, the like sex ed dance. There was the sex ed dance, uh, and that's so sex ed. Yeah, if you're gonna have sex tonight, don't use a condom. Don't use condoms. There was a. I did. I'm. I, I'm sure I did a podcast on the episode because it's Jeff and Jeff and uh, Chang is taking it super hard in the class, so Jeff becomes his friend. 
but then he eventually gets Chang back together with his wife. It does happen later on, doesn't it? I th- oh, I, th- I think it happened. Or <laughs> I think again, yeah. I think it was in like one of those <laughs> the earlier ones I did by myself. Someone's binge listening to this podcast ten years from now. And they're like, dude, <laughs> I listened to this three hours ago. You've already talked. About it. Anyways, I think it's happened. Um, I like how they well, make Chang like Chang's character in this one. He's very, he's very like mean and crude, and they show him eating a piece of steak. Uh, Gritzel. <laughs> he's holding it sideways, <laughs> like eating, like not. Tells a lunch guy, give me a juice box and. But the actor himself, I've read everywhere that he's really a nice guy. Um, that as soon as everything cuts, he's a super nice guy. Really, you know, fun to be around. Um, so, yeah, he really plays into the part. Yeah, He made headlines just a couple of days ago because he's the host of The Masked he's a, Singer. He's a judge mm-hmm. on it, yeah. A judge. Yeah. And he, um, he, like, walked out. Because they had Rudy Giuliani singing Bad to the Bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about Rudy Giuliani, to, but I'm like, I, do we not like him? Is that what? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. No one likes him because of his involvement with Trump and him. Um, I remember the really, Borat thing. Right. Yeah. He's just a slimy dude. Pretty yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. He's So uh, he walked out. And I know a lot of people kind of like gave him like props for that. But yeah. It, well, I got confused when it started happening because I read about it because they filmed it quite a while ago, I guess. And then the clips were showing up this week. And I'm like, does this already happen? And then uh, apparently, yeah, it was just he walked off during filming. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Giuliani wasn't necessarily part of that administration. Um, he's definitely deeply ingrained with Trump and mm-hmm. everything that went on um, yeah. thereafter. So, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's not he's not America's mayor anymore. <laughs> no. No. That's a hate for him pretty much. And that's so losing his damn mind. Mhm. And his hair dye. His hair dye. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if you've seen the latest episode of uh, our latest season of It's Always Sunny. Yes. Yes. It's all Frank's I like how, fault. I like how they <laughs> played, they really made that episode about what happened in real life. We're part of it. We yeah. we are the reason this all happened. Or yeah, and uh, the guy playing I don't know whatever whatever he is. Um, he's been in so many other shows. I'm sure he's been on some of these shows. Um, I can't remember that actor's name. Uh, but yeah, anyway, bunch of stuff. And he's just like, you want me to believe you've been part of every single event in 2020? <laughs> They're like, yeah. He's like, like, why don't you believe us? He's like, because you're not fucking Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh i love it i love it all right um this show (laughs) so that that's communication studies uh going to the reviews um emily st james of the av club gave it a b um the lower than average review from her comes from saying it's trying a bit too hard to subvert sitcom tropes so kind of like you expect chang to fall for the prince of leonard but then he doesn't and then mm-hmm. punishes Troy in Pierce. Um, the women admit to it, but then the guy still dance anyway. Jeff is worried he drunkenly invited Britta to the dance, but he actually didn't. So it was just like they're getting a little bit like, again, this is what the show becomes known for is subverting the trope and kind of turning it on its head. But uh, I feel like this is probably maybe a bit 
more beloved afterwards after kind of realizing it. You know, that's what even pretty a straight sitcom kind of episode. It's uh, they're still trying to play up the format a little bit. Uh, bit of a better score from IGN. Uh, Jonah Krakow gave it an 8.8. Uh, not surprisingly, this is the guy that is in love with Jeff Winger centric plots. If, a, <laughs> if an episode centers around Jeff, he gives it a great score. Um, uh, you know, and he's uh, I'm, I think this is around the time too that the uh, like critics were really starting to pick up on the show, um, even if net audiences weren't necessarily. But uh, he gives props on you know, just saying the show's picking up steam. Basically, talks about everything. Kind of the whole range that we've all reviewed together has been. Uh, just getting better and better um, talking about Donald Glover's physical comedy <laughs> will just never not be funny. And um, you know, it building up uh, kind of getting back on track with that Britta and Jeff, will they, won't they, and at least trying to do something maybe a little bit different with it. Um, and then also that it helps that we have a character like Abed there to just point out all the subtext going on. So we don't have to do the thinking for us. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. It's um and uh, IMDb gave it an 8.4. Um, so that's 44th overall for the series. So kind of top third tier, uh, ninth best episode of season one. So um, yeah, I think we're getting into a lot of the better episodes as we get kind of deeper into community. So um, I don't know. I've been liking them all, but yeah, this was compared to last week. I, it's, I don't know. Mm. They all kind of melt together. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that, say so let's uh, let's head on over parks and recreation. Galentine's Day, uh, the first of two parks episodes with this title, uh, <laughs> was directed by Ken Quapis. Uh, this was his one and only directing credit on Parks. Um, he directed quite a bit of The Office, 13 episodes. He directed pretty much half the first season, Casino Night, Gay Witch Hunt, The Job, Company Picnic, in the finale. Um, you know, they talk about uh, Ken Quapis a lot being kind of the, uh, the guy they brought in for um, some of the really important episodes in that series. Um, it was written by a series co-creator Mike Schur, uh, his fourth of 18 writing credits for Parks. Um, Talked about his other writing credits before. Uh, noticing a bit of a trend uh, that he also wrote this season's Halloween episode, Greg Pakaitis, and the Christmas episode, Christmas Scandal. Not unlike Community, also written by uh, the person who wrote their Christmas episode. So seem to find people who can write these holiday episodes <laughs> and stick with them. Uh, 3.1 Nielsen rating, 5% share, 5 million viewers. Um, just a hair up from last week. And I guess one thing I noticed is this is as close as uh, Parks ever got to beating Community in, in the ratings, which I don't think it ever did until uh, the season finale. So, um, and kind of what happened at the end of the season was um, they kept, uh, or when the fall came around of 2010, they ended up preempting Parks uh, until the winter and they replaced it in the fall with the, uh, the terrible outsourced. Um, oh. And you think, and kind of thinking back, it's like, it's weird that community, which had such a troubled history. I'm like, it's weird that it got the chance and parks didn't. Mm. Um, we're part, but yeah, the ratings somehow community um, always just seemed to be just a bit higher in the ratings than, uh, 
Huntington Park. So without further ado, uh, let's, uh, let's hear the synopsis. Right. It's Valentine's Day in Pawnee, and in true Leslie Nope fashion, she plans a big celebration with her and her girlfriends and dubs it Galentine's Day. This leads to Leslie's mom sharing a story of lost love. Leslie's boyfriend, Justin, is enthralled by this story and vows to find this guy and reunite the two. The Parks Department is planning a Valentine's dance with the Senior Center. Relationships are put to the test. Mouse Rat headlines singing romantic songs of the 40s. April's boyfriends attend ironically. Mark and Anne celebrate their first Valentine's Day. And Justin actually manages to track down Leslie's, Leslie's mom's long-lost love. With a, uh, with, a, with a great cameo appearance from um, John Larroquette. Now, I, I barely remember Night Court. Like, again, shows that aired well before our time um but that's that's basically what uh john john lyricette is probably most famous for playing a lawyer on night court also mm-hmm. playing a lawyer on boston legal um even though i think that's part of the the joke where he says uh uh when she asks are you a lawyer and he's like well i've represented myself in court before <laughs> <laughs> uh and i found a bit of irony that um um I love that episode of 30 Rock, uh, the one with the cast of Night Court, where they're kind of skirting around the whole time that they're going to do a friends reunion, like mm-hmm. even titling it the one with the cast of Night Court. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we want to see the friends from Night Court. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, managed to get uh, some other actors from that show, but they didn't get uh, John Larroquette for that. Um, I don't know, Night Court fans, apparently they're rebooting Night Court. They're <laughs> not rebooting, reviving it. Because it's mm. it's the 2020s and we're only just bringing back <laughs> recycling <laughs> old ideas. Yep. So reviving it as in the original actors playing the original parts. Um, I didn't know if you were going to ask me that question, so I didn't look. Is that or like well, that's what that would be what a revival? Yeah, I think I think they were doing it would be like. Mm-hmm. I think most shows do that now. Uh, like Sex in the City came back with. Oh Jesus. I don't know what it's called, but uh... don't get me started on that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started. I don't want to talk about it. It's very yeah. emotional. Um. So Night Court mm. is yeah. I think uh, well, same like Will and Grace did a revival. Murphy Brown did a revival too, right? Didn't they? Like oh. they're just like well, let's just pick it up where we like bring back the same actors, pick it up where they mm-hmm. left off. Yeah. Or like or a reboot, kind of like the French Prince, that reboot, right? It's like I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's supposed to be darker, grittier, which we didn't need. <laughs> no, don't, not especially. I, I, I remember when I first saw the trailer to it. I was like, "This is a joke, right?" Like someone like made a joke version like of like a, a fan gritty... edit. Yeah, like no, no. I haven't. You know, I haven't watched it. It's just called Bel Air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Night Court upcoming TV series. Oh, it's gonna have um, Melissa Rauch from uh, from Big Bang Theory, um, Bernadette. Oh, but also John Larroquette. So I think it, it just sounds like they're just doing a sequel. So I don't know. Nice, Night Court fans. <laughs> John <laughs> Larroquette, he's coming back. The um, Venn diagram of fans of our show and fans of Night Court—it's just a circle. 
I, I feel like uh, fans of Big Bang Theory and fans of Night Court's probably an overlapping. <laughs> <band diagram. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's, um, but yeah, so Frank, Frank's a bit of a hot mess. Um, he's got some real Michael Scott energy, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that he has to go have a puke before they go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 don't know, I thought he, uh, he played the role well. It's uh, so a fun little cameo. He's definitely doesn't uh, chew things up as much as we've seen, like say Will Arnett when he, uh, when he guest host or not guest hosted when he guest starred or even um, Fred Armisen's amazing appearance mm-hmm. as a Venezuelan. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just, he's just yeah. kind of serves the scene. He gets, uh, gets this one great, Take one last look, Marlene, because you'll never see this body again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, he's, uh, I liked him. I thought he was, uh, I thought he did well. And uh, yeah, it was interesting, I guess, kind of, kind of watching it through the second time. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about, uh, Justin on this show. My my first impressions of Justin is that he's very uh he's almost Jack Donaghy-ish. Um where he just kind of has all these these stories. Um this the whole tourist thing was like kind of like especially poignant. It was it was kind of just like a weird moment of like I don't know, like yeah. a little bit dark, but not really like it was just kind of very real yeah i got the whole quote here he's a tourist he vacations in people's lives takes pictures puts them in a scrapbook and moves on all he's interested in are stories huh mm. yeah kind of don't i was thinking about this uh i was re-watching the episode again today at work it was kind of slow and it just doesn't <laughs> seem yeah it doesn't seem on par <laughs> Cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. For legal purposes, that was a joke. (laughs) It doesn't seem on par with his character. I mean, I'm glad they're writing him off, but it just, he's so unlikable in this episode where before he wasn't like that. Um, I don't know. Or like he was like that, but it was never a problem. Yeah, it wasn't that intense, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You are right. Like, dinner party. He's like telling stories and stuff, but it's not. He's not really being like an asshole about it. Mm-mm. So, yeah. No. So I decided to go on WebMD, which uh, look, Oscar found an excuse to go on WebMD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up uh, sociopath. Oh, good. Uh, no regard for others' rights or feelings lack empathy and remorse for wrongdoings and have the need to exploit and manipulate others for personal gain, which mild, but I think that it's, I thought of that because I thought of the sociopaths of it in my life. And I'm like, yeah, Justin's good. He's just this, this nice, like he wants to make you feel good. And that's the kind of sociopaths that do that. They kind of go their way, just to, like make you feel good, but it's just for, it's not empathy. It's just, because they got this this weird thing about them, like and I guess, savior complex. Yeah, mm. and I guess I just had it in my head after uh, I think it was Gus. You would remember that he was in American Psycho. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I had to go. I've spent the last month just watching movies. Basically, <laughs> that was another one I had to pick up. But yeah, he's uh, yeah. That's just kind of it. Like 
we haven't really picked up on it, but that's, you know, maybe because he hasn't been telling other people's stories per se, but he's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's just kind of a, just a bland, hot idiot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you interact with someone like that on a daily basis? And, and obviously Leslie's way too loving of a person, um, to do that. And I found it really great mm-hmm. too. um, we'll talk about it more because it's, it's definitely my favorite scene, uh, <laughs> you're asking my permission to take a nooner? Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we get to that in a second, but as even as as they're talking, as they're explaining what's going on, uh, you can see it in Ron's face as much as he's enjoying that Leslie doesn't know what a nooner is. Um, <laughs> that he's also like not impressed with Justin at all. Like he's just got kind of this. It's amazing acting by Nick Offerman because they're all doing this funny scene. At the same time, Nick's just like, all right, Leslie, like go on your little love adventure. But uh, like he already knows this is just going to not end well. So I think Ron's been stewing on it for a while. And mm. I think it's because uh, he's think, protective over Leslie. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like, yeah, 100%. And he's, uh, they just, they have that respect for each other. Like he knows exactly how he know. like he's the first one to pick up that it's, it's pissing her off. It's, uh, it's all just, um, you know, I say it a lot, like you see it a lot talking about Parks and Rec. It's this show with a big heart. And I found, you know, earlier episodes, especially comparing, comparing it to early community, like it really didn't feel that way. But now you're kind of, yeah, this is, you're talking about the heart and how much the characters care about each other. And yeah, Ron, mm-hmm. Ron's just picking up on that. But uh, he's yeah. very in tune with her. I like at the end where he, uh, you know, after he's telling everyone, Justin's telling everyone what happened. And Ron just waits a little bit and just asks, how does Leslie feel about this? Yeah. It's, uh, it's very touching. It's like, okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> he gets her. But, I mean, let's... You're asking my permission for a neuter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Like, I, just, I was just... Because, like, just watching all their faces. Because she's just so, like... Yeah, it's... I mean, we're leaving at noon for a mission of love. And like Justin's like trying not to smirk because he knows what Ron's uh, implementing. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just a beautiful scene and all that stuff going on. And then just it's like I'll explain it to her later. <laughs> how how did Justin explain a neuter to Leslie? That's who knows. Maybe which. Because the next thing I was going to bring up was Andy's song "Sex Hair," <laughs> <laughs> which uh, when he first describes the song "Sex Hair," um, it's like how your hair is all messed up after having sex. I was like, that's not what I thought. Sex hair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm wondering how many episodes. Like we don't hear it, but we do actually do. We end. We do hear that song eventually. So. You got sex hair and you got it from me. And we also hear pickle hair. Is that Johnny Karate? What's it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when he like first plays the kids party. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because he, he can't yeah. sing any of his own songs. That's yeah. Very, yeah. That's what he I liked asked. seeing like Mouse Rat. Um, I liked the whole like um, 
most rap playing and like doing all these songs that they don't usually do and like their little version of the way you look tonight is like actually really good i liked that it was a cute um it was a cute scene it looked like a fun gig yeah i uh I noted that uh, uh, I I briefly played in a cover band. We had played in public, I think, four times over two years. And actually, I don't think I ever got paid for that last time. <laughs> I think I left the band before I got any money. Anyways, <laughs> paid an exposure. Playing in the woods. Um, but uh, yeah, Yang, uh, the bass player, Alan Yang, uh, he's one of the writers on the show. He does the uh, the podcast now with Rob Lowe, but. Uh, He's just bouncing as he's playing the bass. And I was like, yeah, I was the bass player. It gets pretty boring. <laughs> you got to do something to keep it up. Um, yeah, I know. There's uh, another another music reference where like, because uh, Andy's not sure if like, he says the, the line like, you know, if you're playing a rock show, girls take their tops off and that's how you know you're doing a good job but like i don't want an old but I lady can't, if that happens that. here my eyes will fall out of my head and i'll die <laughs> but then one of the old women says that sh- that he reminds her of dean martin and he doesn't know who that is mm-hmm. and it it's like in a, uh, a few seasons later where he doesn't know who fleetwood mac is and it's like you're a musician <laughs> I can buy Dean Bro. Martin for like yeah. how, how does he not know who Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, and I think before that it, it uh, they tell him I think his his guitarist his other guitarist says you should probably try to sing it like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> He's sort of like who is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burley. I was yes. wondering if he was a writer too. Uh Burley's a um Burley's an actor. I don't know if any of them actually play. It's actually, it's the guy on the drums, Mark Rivers. Because um, Rivers and Yang never really, I think, have lines. But he's the guy who wrote, uh, he wrote all of it. Um, I think there was a bit of a thing. They released the, uh, all the Mouse Rat songs as an oh, album yeah. like last year. And I guess like um, uh, Chris Pratt came on and said, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they paid Rivers for that at all. <laughs> like he wrote all of it. So well, Christopher, why don't you make that right? Yeah. You got that Jurassic World money. <laughs> Jurassic World. Got that Marvel money. Which, yeah, he's a, shockingly, I saw the uh, the Thor Love and Thunder um, trailer, teaser trailer came out this week. And you know, he's got he's got one of the best lines in it. <laughs> Not so much the best line, just Chris Hemworth. Just, it's already a meme <laughs> now. I've been seeing people like, yeah, being it out where just Thor's leaning in in front of him. <laughs> when the, they're talking about relationships, and uh, Leslie's talking about, uh, it's like you're dating two gay guys and you've been divorced twice. And Jerry, I don't even know what's going on with you. And he says, <laughs> You've met Gail several times now. Uh, we've already established that uh, Jerry has a, a family of girls. Uh, it came up in hunting trip that uh, he likes going on the hunting trip because he's he's allowed to pee standing up. Um, <laughs> Obviously, they haven't casted uh, Christy Brinkley or, or any of uh, Jerry's daughters yet, but uh, I have a hard time thinking that um, well, I, I can't really remember later on. Like, I know Ben is just flabbergasted every time he meets Jerry's family. I don't know if the rest of the Parks Department seems to be as as, uh, as, as smitten by Gail Gergich. <laughs> yeah, they seem to not care about it. And I noticed it was like the opposite 
of little Sebastian. Everyone loves little Sebastian except for Ben. And then Ben's obsessed with Jerry's family and no one else seems to care about it. I did. I did jump ahead. I wanted to watch um, the second Valentine's Day episode just to see if it refers back to this one at all. And actually uh, a part of the plot of that episode is um, Ben and Ben and Jerry. Jesus. I don't think I've said their names <laughs> together. Uh, ben, Jerry and Tom, they're trying to get um, the tents, but Ben's actually getting along with Jerry. And then, but he has to like, Jerry tells him, he's like, no, just uh, <laughs> pretend he's like, I farted. It was a stinky one. It's just like, it's like, like Ben, don't let them don't turn against just because you like me. Like you have to go along with all the rest. Of it. Um, yeah. Which uh, Gal- Galentine's Day in and of itself only really shows up in the in the cold open. I guess I forgot that it was February 13th, not February 14th. Yes, um, it is a cultural phenomenon in the world now. I am a gal, so I might know this more than you guys. That's news to me but it is a thing yeah yeah uh celebrated in similar ways or yeah Yeah. Mm. probably more uh less breakfast more alcohol but (laughs) that's that maybe that just says more about me as a person (laughs) and and the gals you keep company yeah (laughs) i guess i wonder if it um if it had already oh i don't know galentine's day did it already exist, or I wonder if it's it's taken directly from? I uh, think it's taken mostly from Parks and Rec. Mm. I think, um, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they. I can't remember if any of the interim seasons if they use it again because I think it's season six where the second Valentine's Day episode comes from. But that's a. Uh, mm-hmm. um, she's a. Uh, it's where she's trying to find a new best friend, so she invites all these gals over and. Um, that's where she has to settle on uh, Shauna Malway tweet. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Shauna. Um, she's uh, although I did notice. Uh, I mean, you know, they have the regular cast, and and we you know, obviously see Marlene again since she's a big part of the plot of this episode. And you know, they kind of softened her a bit from the villain she had been earlier in the season. But the who are those other women <laughs> sitting at the table? Like just seat fillers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Paid actresses. Yeah. Now, one gal having a uh, a great Valentine's Day, at least in my opinion, at the start is uh, is Anne getting every traditional sappy <laughs> Valentine's Day gift all the once. Which, I mean, I'll say it. I I think Mark is. I like Mark's idea. It's like he's he's on the nose about. It. He's like, listen, I've never done a traditional Valentine's Day before. I'm doing all the stupid cheesy things. Um, and our first reference to Dennis Feinstein. Yes. <laughs> No, Dennis. The no man, Dennis. the myth, the legend, yeah. and the the heart of the ocean, where they do the pretty woman thing. Yeah, yeah. The stab. <laughs> no, I liked that movie reference. <laughs> uh, that would stay. That one's staying on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just every single one. Um, it's a little. I don't know. Again, maybe just because there's quite a few more episodes in the season, they gotta they gotta bleed it out a bit more. But like, uh, um, you know, things were going fine. Finally, getting Mark and Anne on their own thing, and then Andy and April building that up. But then the weird kind of just bringing it back. I don't know. 
but maybe part of it too, I guess, is, is, you know, Anne was always kind of upset with, um, with Andy just for being such a slacker. And so the fact that he's kind of mm-hmm. pulled himself together and he's doing this gig and he's, you know, she probably gets a little nostalgic when she sees like, she kind of has a soft spot for most rats. So yeah. the nostalgia is kind of getting to her. She's she's just a the gal's a sucker for a guy with a guitar maybe i don't know <laughs> that's brandon with his problem we never learned to play guitar <laughs> but yeah it's uh i mean that all happens and then um like i said all the stuff with uh with april's boy i mean a lot of breakups going on here too mm. uh april breaking up with uh, uh the other ben and Derek. <laughs> um not, i'm not sure if we see them again in the series at this point i don't um, know but, I would be uh, glad if we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird, it's definitely a time capsule of a joke. Like, all right, what's, what's the weirdest, how can we make April weird? I was like, I don't know, have her have be dating two gay guys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, this is uh, the farewell for, for Justin too. Can we still go to suit shop? Of course. Armani's having a sale right now. Let me get you a pocket square. All right. And then uh, he'll be he'll be gone. I'm, I don't even know if he'll get mentioned again, to be honest. But uh, I don't. I can't really remember what happens with Leslie's love life until uh, until the next ben. couple episodes until Ben. But mm. um, yeah, it's uh, but he's done. Um, you know, there's that that um, the really ironic line uh, just because they hadn't even started dating yet was uh, was this one about Jennifer Aniston. Oh, Jen, I really want you to be happy. Stay away from John Mayer. <laughs> um, I uh, I came across it in one of the reviews. Like I've always, always had an inkling. Like I remember something about John Mayer being a piece of shit. Um, it was like this week, so like completely kind of away, like from this joke. We obviously had already written it. Uh, John Mayer had given an interview with. Um, with Playboy magazine, where he just mm. said the worst things possible. Uh, I thought I had notes of it, um, but that's where he like referred to uh, Jessica Simpson as sexual napalm. A lot of use of the N word, and mm. and that N word, yeah. And how he dates uh, <laughs> women of different ethnicities. Wow. Oh. Uh- I don't remember this. I don't yeah. remember either. Yeah, oh. John Mayer. That's, wow. It's a uh, Google it, kids. It's a fun read. Oh Lord. <laughs> In case you still like John Mayer. Uh, I don't think a lot of women like John Mayer anymore because of the uh, rise of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has told the world not to like John Mayer. Mm-hmm. didn't he come out once uh late either late night or some type of uh interview where he basically comes out and says who he's been with intimately sounds like a john mayer thing mm-hmm. well right? i think that this playboy interview um mentioned, like he, talk, well, he talks about jen aniston jessica simpson there you go and some other people and that's part of it too and uh well it's funny that you mentioned taylor swift i don't know i can't remember if he had dated taylor swift by this point uh but he had uh, part of the article is like, oh, he's like, I don't, so like, I don't write breakup songs. I got to write songs about my exes, which is 
not how Taylor Swift has made her career. <laughs> I was at last week and I was at a, uh, there's this local um, band that does Taylor Swift covers, but they do it like, they're like real rock musicians. Like these guys have like several other like rock bands. Um, they're like these big burly, like tattooed guys, like playing Taylor Swift. And um, it's so good. If you're ever in PEI, go see them. They're called Swift Kick. Oh, nice. Anyway. Uh, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but my best friend is. So we were like listening. And then I was like, hey, which which guy is like this song written um, about? And she's like, oh, this one's about John Mayer. This one's. But then eventually she would just keep leaning over to me and say, this one's about Harry Styles. Oh, this one's about Tom Hiddleston. This one's about John Mayer again. (laughs) This one's Jake Gyllenhaal. So I learned a lot. Very Wait. educational. Very Wait, how many MCU villains has she written? <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jane uh, Harry Styles might might be um MCU villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. My, I don't know my comic uh, books stuff. He's a uh, Thanos's brother. Yeah, I think he's known as Star Fox. I think right. Has another name, but like that yeah. So they say, I mean, I, I just think of Fox McCloud when I think of Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> um, anyway, a little bit of Taylor. Taylor. I, did, I remember seeing something a while ago. It was like, if, uh, it's like, I wish Taylor Swift and Adele would date because we would just get the best music <gasps> when they break up. <laughs> oh, <It'd> be wonderful. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so that's uh that's Valentine's Day. Any other <laughs> any other thoughts, comments? Mm. I mean, I, I do feel bad for Tom that he's he's losing Justin. Am I right, Justin? Oh, Justin's not here. <laughs> uh, we do we get kind of the background of uh of um, he tries to sue Wendy. It was a very rushed story. He tries to sue Wendy and then doesn't and then they end kind of with a hug and then that's kind of a bit but um mm. poor tom he's gonna be going he's probably gonna be going through worse than leslie um yeah i don't know any uh any other thoughts um i like the opening uh leslie's jfk impression and then the terminator <laughs> i like how ron comes in like nice and just a prop for it <laughs> Um, and then the Duke Silver uh, reference is that the first time yes. we hear about it too, right? We've uh, he's. It it's a very movie? early episode where uh, they're all blackmailing each other, or they're trying to dig up the worst dirt on the other person. And I think it's Mark knew about Duke, mm. and I can't remember who he sends. So only a few people know. Um, April. I think I don't think we know that April knows yet because it comes up at one point where uh, she's like, "My mom has all your albums." Like I've known since the day I started working here. That you yeah. Do <laughs> um, Andy definitely doesn't because there's the uh, where they're doing the "Chase Your Dream" song later on. That mouse rat is another mm-hmm. mouse rat heavy episode, and uh, they have to run around and like take down all the posters of uh, Duke Silver in the recording studio. Oh yeah. And he's he's so pissed about the song not working, and then he's like. 
Uh, they added a Duke Silver saxophone solo. He's like, what is that? What is this? <laughs> he like fixes the whole song. It sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, I don't know if saxophone and rock music anymore. Yeah. So yeah, we get the yeah the blue hairs know who he is. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, kind of one thing I noticed, and again the same same sort of deal. Um, Community's kind of going through it too. It was just like um, you know. A happy, boring relationship can't be happy. Like you just got to throw some drama into it. So like, Mark and Anne were just kind of falling into the rhythm of it, and it's like, all right, let's let's fuck this up. And it was mm-hmm. kind of the same with like Jeff and Slater could have just had like a a nice. Uh, maybe theirs wasn't a little more boring. They may have been a little bit more uh, in the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, for. <laughs> You're asking my permission to take a nooner? Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Jeff, and, Jeff and Slater both definitely know what a nooner is. But, Jeff uh, does refer to Slater as insatiable. Yes. Which exactly. is a gross word to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they got, they're both kind of going on the same thing. It's just like, all right, well, we just can't have a happy, boring relationship. So yeah. let's, <laughs> let's do this. Um, I kind of kind of picked up on that watching them back to back. I don't know. I thought I thought overall, probably again a bit like Community, probably wasn't the funniest. wasn't full of of one liners like we've seen in some episodes where we just got way too many. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a bit of solid storytelling. A lot. There's a lot going on. I mean, we have just so many plots that just even just kind of get a few seconds, like um, you know, April breaking up with the uh, with the guys and everything with tom just kind of happens pretty quickly but um who knows what will be next for leslie in love <laughs> um so uh critical consensus um av club steve heisler gave it a b plus leslie kind of it's it's an interesting kind of tightrope they walk where lizzie's getting really wrapped up it she's like wants everyone to stop listening to the love story because she loves it so much. But then she still has very real expectations about it uh, the minute they start looking for it. So like, um, what is it? Like uh, nothing, no ventriloquists or like no one who thinks puppets are people. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like she doesn't want to get burned. Um, And it's, it's pretty interesting. And I only picked up on it kind of after watching it a second time, but uh, the first time you watch it, you're really unjust inside. I'm like, yeah, I was like, this is going to be a cute love story, whatever. Um, but when you start paying attention to it, it's just like you realize that, like, Leslie's never exactly comfortable with it. Um, and when Leslie's your grounded character, that <laughs> doesn't bode well for the other two. Yeah. And that he's actually going off the rails. Uh, this reviewer, uh, poor Steve, I hope he's doing better. Uh, he only writes about uh, how he's also constantly asking his girlfriend how good he's doing in the relationship and feels like Prantanowitz. I was like, Oh, that's a weird thing to put out on the internet for people to be able to expose yourself, Steve. Like he's having some problems too with his girlfriend constantly. Like, why do you keep asking me that? Listen, (laughs) communication studies. By the time this episode (laughs) comes out, I'll be a week away from my 10 year wedding anniversary. Oh, don't ever stop checking in on your spouse on how you're doing in your relationship. It's healthy. Am I doing good? Are things good? You're doing good. Am I doing good? These aren't warning signs. These are good open communication skills. 
especially as you go through two years of a pandemic <laughs> yeah. together. It's good to check it. Some love advice on this Valentine's Day episode for Matt. <laughs> uh, the other review. <laughs> Matt Fowler, IGN, gave it an 8.3. He had pro- uh, he gave a lot of props uh, for the way Leslie's been uh, getting out of these relationships in pretty realistic ways. Um, uh, even going back to the, the relationship with Officer Dave, they don't, you know, there's these, uh, these relationships don't fit. And they just kind of fizzle out. There's not some sort of weird, big burning of the bridge afterwards like you see sometimes in sitcoms um but just now the episode is really focusing on all these different relationships these multiple love triangles that we've talked about before um he had a bit of a worry about ron and leslie's tender moment could be the start of something there uh yeah just (laughs) in retrospect yeah that doesn't make any sense at all but um who knows who knows where uh People may have seen it going. I guess when every other show does it, that's what you're expecting. Uh, it was Matt Fowler who led me on to John Mayer's um, uh, Playboy interview. Again, Google it. It's a it's a read. Uh, and then something else too. Um, talking about Jennifer Aniston uh, getting back together with Brad Pitt. Uh, segue into a, a Fight Club reference. Movie reference. <laughs> Matt Fowler also thought that Ron calling um, Justin a tourist made him think of uh, Fight Club and uh, them calling Marla Singer a tourist. I've yeah. seen Fight Club too many times. You tourist, Marla? You're ruining this for me. <laughs> Is it, I realize it might be a red flag that I really like the movie Fight Club. I get, I get the ironic undertones of Fight Club. Okay, I don't. <laughs> oh. All right, Matt, stop talking. <laughs> IMDb. <It's> worse. <laughs> there's, there's worse. Uh, IMDb 7.6, 112 overall. This was the worst reviewed episode. This is the worst ranked episode of season two on IMDb, which I thought a little shocking. Uh, the other Galentine's Day also scores incredibly low, and I just kind of watched it out of place um, in the middle of season six. Wasn't that bad? Maybe it wouldn't be your personal favorite, Sam, because it is the episode where Anne gives birth. <laughs> we know Sam's feeling about baby storylines. At least Anne like went away. That's fine. Actually, Parks and Rec did baby storylines perfectly. Leslie, spoiler alert, gets pregnant. Then they do a time jump. <laughs> Anne gets it. pregnant. Quits the show. Quits the show. Uh, just, we don't even see like April be pregnant at all. She just has a baby, and that's right. That's it. What's the kid's name? What's what do they name their kid? Like Jack or something? Jack? Right. Like Jack-a-lan- as as like Jack Lantern? Jack Lantern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, but yeah, it's a. I guess it's a. It's a I guess it's fitting that Rashida Jones' character has a baby after she. I mean, she was pregnant. I don't think, sorry, not Rashida Jones was pregnant. I can't remember, but uh, her character was pregnant and left the show. And then uh, um, one of the times we revisit her other comedy night done right character, Karen Filippelli, <laughs> she's uh, she's pregnant. <laughs> Michael's trying to do the math on him. I just, I can't <laughs> try to think how long it's been since you've had sex with Jimmy. <laughs> was um, she pregnant in that? Uh... 
episode in the office when she came back? In real she's life? uh no, she's de- she's I think she's just wearing a. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. It looks like she's wearing a baby suit. I don't know when I don't know on Parks if she was actually pregnant or not. Um, mm. An interesting one, actually. Um, it kind of comes up at the end of the season. Um, probably by this point, Amy Poehler was pregnant. And so what they did at the end of season two is um, because they knew by August she'd be like eight, nine months pregnant or whatever, or way too pregnant to be able to hide it. They decided that uh, they didn't want Leslie to be pregnant because it wouldn't make sense in the storyline because she wasn't with anyone. So they filmed the first eight episodes of season three at the very end of season two. So they just kept going Uh, so they could have enough to get to like Christmas. um, And then um you should have the baby back to work because in america you only get six weeks off um but uh what happened is as i mentioned earlier the show got preempted and they didn't even start filming again until, well they wouldn't have had to start filming until uh after she had the baby anyway so yeah yeah i think they filmed i think they figured that out after she had already filmed them all yeah hmm. they talked they talked a bit about like man that was a that was a rough shoot they just kept going like you do a whole season of shows and then it's like oh yeah eight more let's go mm. like yeah. it's a lot of long days so that was galentine's day um so continuing on in our journey of love it was it was a terrible segue let's talk about the office the manager and the salesman was directed by Mark Webb. Uh, this is the one and only office he directed. Uh, didn't direct any of the other seasons. Um, so this breaks our streak tonight of directors who went on to go direct uh, series finales of the shows. Uh, but continuing on with our, our Spider-Man theme, uh, Mark Webb uh, directed both of the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies. Hmm. And I'm going to say both because who knows if they're maybe we're getting there yeah. i don't know i don't know where we're at at this point i didn't care for them <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's a lot of spidermans uh and then this was uh written by mindy kaling uh her 16th of 22 episodes surprisingly also wrote uh this season's christmas episode secret santa so again sticking with people who write holiday episodes uh, 4.5 Nielsen rating, 7% share, 7.4 million viewers. So again, as we said uh, last week, the office had shedded some viewers around this time with the the new Sabre storyline. And that's pretty much steady and where the office is going to stay from here. So with that, uh, let's hear the synopsis. It's Valentine's Day at Dunder Mifflin and Andy hands out Valentine's cards though one is especially heartfelt and winds up going to Kelly when it was originally intended for Aaron. Kelly, who now believes she has the attention of Andy, considers what might be there under her nose this whole time. But Andy tries desperately to make his true feelings known. Sabre CEO Joe Bennett pays a visit to the Dunder Mifflin crew, further shaking things up after the merger. And she does not approve of Michael and Jim's co-manager arrangement, insisting that one of them return to sales and one remain as manager. Learning that you can make more money in sales, Jim tries to decline the manager position, but Michael finds out and beats him to it, leaving Jim as a manager and Michael as the salesman. 
Dwight and Ryan continue with their diabolical plan, making no progress. Michael is not adjusting well to the new role, but and he's not used to the culture, is missing Aaron, and thinks that he's made a mistake going back to sales. Again, another uh, maybe continuity error. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, you know, obviously the big part of this is uh, how much money you can make in sales. And that is the driving factor of this episode. And who wants to take that job uh, becomes a plot point. Uh, I had to look it up in uh, season sevens, wolf.com where there is indeed mm. a sales cap, which Jim hits well before the end of the year, leaving him oh, to yeah. do nothing else. And that's when he starts uh, trying to prank Gabe because he's cutting nothing else. Gabe, <laughs> hey, only. And he doesn't like messing with Dwight because it's only fun when he's blown off. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So either uh, either they've changed something in uh, in their in their employee manual. Where did you get that information? Manual. Manuel, who? <laughs> oh my God, Michael! Or you know they've they've changed the uh, they changed it by the end of the year. Uh, and not in that that uh, commission, but uh, man, they must make good commission. The fact, well, I, I suppose we know that Michael makes pretty shit pay all the way back from uh, uh, was it uh, the negotiation? Yeah, I read an article that like kind of estimated what they suspect all of the employees make. I think Michael's was like sixty k. I think because because there's like we kind of do know we know what Pam makes when what like in a few seasons when she becomes the office administrator when she's feeling it out with Oscar yeah <laughs> so we do kind of know like what the like what would be like oh oh that's a good that's a good salary hmm. um so but someone did put in the work and like I think they even estimated what the commissions would be but. That's how Dwight makes a lot of his money, makes some investment, and eventually buys the building, right? Yeah. Oh. He's got that beat money. <laughs> the money beats. The, money. <laughs> the ones you put out by the road. Those are the money beats. I gotta have those beats. <laughs> Karen's one of those money beats. <laughs> um, uh, the, the next thing I saw in my notes after that is that Michael thinks that Curves is a strip club. <laughs> oh my god! Which, which uh, I, I will admit, I thought the same thing when I was twelve years old. <laughs> I started seeing them pop up around town. I was like, a strip club. <laughs> it's not. And he suggests that <laughs> they would be the kind of girls that Kevin would like. Ingrid says, "Goes." nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we get our first uh uh actual appearance uh i guess in in the flesh with uh kathy bates and joe bennett uh i mean she's uh kathy bates is just amazing uh she's going around the room looking at everyone i uh i noticed uh she calls jim a tall drink of sun tea which um goes back a few episodes uh in 30 rock uh, the episode specifically titled Sun Tea. Uh, poor Canadian here had no idea what Sun Tea was. Still don't. Uh, and then I think uh, this is one of those cases where I know uh, someone's reading <laughs> the Google Docs I'm writing down because uh, I'm scrolling through Reddit today and there's like a, 
nobody like an ask reddit it's like what is sun tea i was like <laughs> no no this is <laughs> <laughs> what is it did you learn what it is uh from what i understand is you uh you just put the tea bags in water and then you sit it in the sunlight and that brews it for several days mm-hmm. oh. i guess All right. much. okay so it's a it's a southern thing which i guess okay. fill, uh fits with joe's uh joe's personality mm-hmm. but uh yeah joe and her joe and her uh those dogs <laughs> they love a good crotch <laughs> <laughs> and then throughout the whole episode uh they're just constantly in andy's crotch the entire time too. i thought they're, they're not dalmatians are they? what kind of dogs are i think they're great danes great Did, yeah. are great danes usually marked like that or would they be like a? Like i think a, i think they yeah. can be yeah yeah they can be does she have the same dogs i'm going to track I feel like she has different dogs every time we see her, but maybe it's just because oh. I, I thought she had Dalmatians and maybe not. Oh, that would be cool. It's a little bit different. Uh, I know there was a running joke on um, uh, throughout the the Michael Scott uh, paper company arc where there's a different fish in the fishbowl every day. I noticed that. Because <laughs> Michael's obviously just keeps killing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Michael. Oh. Michael marked his heights. He's grown. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that it's probably, there's no way Michael's doing that on his own. He's getting Dwight in there. <laughs> yeah. To mark I, with him. It's a little weird that Pam had never noticed that before, but I suppose she doesn't, she's not like Aaron. She doesn't uh, hang out in Michael's office. She's a, uh, she's a, uh, she doesn't she's, spin his chair around or give him uh celery and peanut butter <laughs> two o'clock every day yeah. Yeah. this this cute relationship going on between uh between michael and aaron it's really uh really flourishes here it makes it makes the upcoming secretary's day so weird where michael just mm. has such an adverse reaction to her um because they're clearly and i don't know maybe it's just because he's like i don't know i, th- I think what it comes down to is maybe that uh even though she does everything for him <laughs> she's like in on all of his plans and just like just a, trying to get all of his knickknacks on his desk and puts it all back together. But like, I think, I think he just, I don't know, maybe just because he was just so attracted to Pam and that he just doesn't see Aaron the same way that he just like thinks she's as useless. I don't know. Like it's Her, maybe it was like, cause sometimes like episodes get like rearranged. Mm. Maybe it was supposed to, I, I actually noticed it last night. Um, watching Superstore um, and it actually ties in because they had an Olympic episode and like uh, like cliffhanger happened at the end of season one but then the premiere of season two is like Olympic themed but what had just happened in the previous episode was all completely negated and it's like it didn't happen but then the Giants second episode it was like back so um and it was all about the olympics so yeah i think they just aired it just as like a almost like a standalone episode yeah i uh because i only started watching superstore in here in the last four or five months and i was was like what the hell is this and then uh it's pretty much exactly what it is like it aired Mm -hmm. the normal times but 
um, I think it was like the 2016 Olympics, maybe hmm. they just did a like one off special. And then they decided that um, like instead of picking up any of the plots, they were just like, all right, we're theoretically going to set it at some point before that finale. And yeah. then they, so I don't know. It's, it's weird when you try to think. Of <laughs> yeah. Go but, um, yeah. The Olympics ruining everything, which the cold open though. All right, I would like to cancel my reservation, please. There is a cancellation fee for this, sir. Okay, put it on my card. <laughs> the look the look that Dwight makes when he says cancel it after they've gone through all of that, because clearly he's, I don't, Dwight's not in there at the start, so he's obviously called Dwight in to help him get the information, and now Dwight's just like, what are you doing? I don't see any confirmations. I do see a lot of affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> now I want my inbox to be filled with affirmations. Is, is it Aaron sending him affirmations? <laughs> it must be. <laughs> yeah. The only amount of uh, Olympic references we, we get at all tonight, um, which NBC doing their piss poor job at, at uh, promoting their exclusivity to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I did find, uh, just because the shows do go on hiatus at this point for the next three weeks because the Olympics were on NBC, um, I always talk about the rate, the ratings, and like you only ever get like five million, seven million viewers on a Thursday night. Like whatever aired the next Thursday, whatever it was, it was like twenty three million viewers, and the week after that, like another twenty three million viewers, and then we get back to the regular shows, and it's like eh, four million. Mm. <laughs> so like, it's like. I don't know, guys, like take advantage of the fact that people do watch it. Yeah. Or at least they did back then. <laughs> Clearly not anymore. No. Yeah. Michael. Uh, <laughs> Michael's just got a lot going on in this episode. Uh, <laughs> it was a good one for just random Michael quotes from uh, not being able to handle it out in the bullpen. It's just a farty dirt patch. <laughs> Literally a farty dirt patch. Phyllis's. Yeah. She sent medication. an email. Oh. I gotta say, if any if a coworker emailed me, it was like, listen, I'm gonna be especially noxious because <laughs> I'm on new medication. It's like maybe you should work from home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Phyllis. Join that meeting through this teams, a, please. This is a sent-free workplace. <laughs> Twice last week, someone in my office microwaved fish. Mm. So as someone that works in HR now, I think I might include that in the orientation, but that is um, not allowed. Which do you think smells worse? Microwave fish or Dennis Feinstein cologne? Ooh. Ooh. So I did notice Andy picked Roger Federer for men, so much better choice. Which, what is that? Is that I don't know that reference. Um, Roger Federer. I mean, he's just a tennis player with a oh. cologne brand. I'm assuming Roger Federer for men would probably smell nice and waspy. Ah. Uh. <laughs> just, it's not quite like. Uh, it does um, have pheromones in it. Yeah, I don't. It's not quite like the uh, the reputation that uh, Jacar Noir has. Uh, 
It's like it's a perfect smell alike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that goes back to uh, how many fillet of fish you eat. Those are over several months. <laughs> Do not microwave fillet of fish oh. in Sam's office. Oh. Oh, please no. Also, um, again, just because I movie reference. Uh, Ryan and his diabolical plot suggesting a Saw-style plot. And then I see Saw with Moe's all the time. That's um, my one of my favorite lines of all time. Dwight clearly knows what Saw is because that was his Halloween costume. He dressed up as Billy the Puppet in the Halloween, in the now unwatchable cut from the DVD uh, um, Halloween scene from earlier in the season. Um but, I don't know. Saw must have been quite the cultural phenomenon because uh, Leslie also mentioned that Marlene's love story would make the notebook look like Saw 5. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was a fan of the Saw movies. I just didn't realize they had that much of a hold over everyone else. Especially the fifth one. Oh, they were just picking up steam by number five. Yeah. And then, yeah, Michael, Michael wanted to do things the men in black way. <laughs> you could just erase their memories. Uh, I don't even know. I can't remember what Jim uses as a fake movie. Bro. Oh, no. He's like, I want to erase their mo- um, their memories. And Jim's like, like in Lethal Weapon? He's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe just having enough. He's like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. You two figure it out. Walk my dogs. <laughs> don't ride them. People try to ride them. Although Michael, Michael seems to pick up things subliminally. I can't even go near a cigarette now without thinking of a penis and vice versa. <laughs> well, how often does he, is he around penises? Mm-hmm. Well, his, his mm-hmm. condo is a, is a gay friendly neighborhood. I <laughs> uh, just, just some great work out of Michael in this episode. Um, yeah. We, we talked about it a bit too. Uh, I think it was the last episode about when Michael has the upper hand in a situation. And he's just he's just got Jim's number constantly throughout this. And Jim's like, I tried to fix this. <laughs> and you wouldn't let me. I'm not quite sure. Does this does this uh I think this might also end um the Ryan and Dwight team up, which ultimately never went anywhere at all. I don't think they successfully pulled off a single plot. No. Though so, uh I might start a diabolical plot against him after this one. <laughs> Um, no, they yeah, that, tried to recruit Nick the IT guy, but mm, it doesn't work. Yeah. Glasses. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a shame because that that started way back in I don't know which episode they team up because uh, Ryan's had it out for Jim basically since Jim uh, was very happy that he got fired as VP. So mm-hmm. like it seemed like it seemed like a plot with a lot of potential. I mean, like a lot of season six, Jim is co-manager. This Ryan and Dwight team up, like, July, what <laughs> they could have done. They were just like, all right, fuck it. We're done with all of that. Mm. Like, let's move on. <laughs> and then kind of everything going on with, uh, with uh, you know, at least the Andy, Aaron, uh, Kelly. Plot action, Kelly Kelly is so good in this episode. <laughs> like, she plays the perfect rom-com trope so well. Just like her, even just like her little facial expressions when she turns around at the at the copier, like she's so good. And and, and now it makes sense that Mindy Kaling wrote this episode because she 
approach to her strengths. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I love Kelly in this. Yeah. Someone you may not have thought of or uh, thought may have been possibly homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Please don't read into this card. Yours in professionalism, Nardog. <laughs> I find it helps. He's just got a way, like, you could just, like, twist the last, like, you just don't expect that last <laughs> really dumb thing he's about to say. <laughs> and then when she, she comes out uh, spinning venom on that one, like, I just get a mass email. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're all, you're all my closest friends. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, they do, although they take... They take a, a step closer. Um, oh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron not knowing who Woodstock and Stoopy are, thinking that Andy mm. drew them. Just her, her. Uh, well, clearly, uh, you know, Aaron didn't have a good childhood and right. experienced normal, normal childhood things as the rest of us did. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, the rest were just. Uh, <laughs> I, I like how Angela, like, specifically did not want a valid. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, forget you were engaged to her yeah. last year <laughs> this is this is my uh here's where matt goes really off the deep end with theory on this one um speaking of of, of andy and angela having been engaged um there's a line way back in the duel um where uh as there is i guess it's as michael tells andy um that Dwight is sleeping with Angela and Meredith comes out of the conference room saying, I knew something bad was going to happen today. And Oscar says, you said that yesterday. And Meredith says, yeah, my neighbor got murdered. <laughs> and now in this episode, it's, oh, we just, we just need to play it again. Yeah. I have this thing about men cutting or threatening to cut my throat. Don't try to cut my throat. And then uh, the next episode is the delivery, which has uh, the, the first appearance or the first mention of the Scran Strangler. So I pause it. Now there's a theory that because it's Andy has the headline is like Scran Strangler strikes again. And everyone always thinks Toby is a Scran Strangler. There's a theory that, oh yeah, he strangled someone else because like Pam was having her baby and this was how he had to like get his aggression out. But I'm thinking it's Meredith. She murdered her neighbor. She's got a thing about necks. She got her neck cut, so she went out and she strangled somebody else. Mm. Did the Scranton Strangler murder anyone or just assaulted people? So uh, I've, I've done way too much research in the Scranton Strangler. Uh, uh, Paul Lieberstein's come out on interviews afterwards saying that um, they wanted to do a, lo- a part a line saying that he never actually killed anyone. He just choked them until they passed out and he was basically just committing assault over and over again uh but strangle by definition is choked to death Mm, and uh and then in the plot line where uh toby ends up on the jury um and then wants to fight it he's always like i sentence a man to death right so like did he kill everyone now maybe he only killed one person um but uh yeah he would have he definitely killed someone because he's on death row and then, right and then i guess i guess because it's probably like a bit of a plan like the boston stranglers um and they killed a bunch of people so mm. i assume that's like what they're 
basing it off. You know, it's just a weird thing that a sitcom had a subplot that there was a serial killer loose in the town. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see a bit yeah. more. We are going to see some Scrand Strangler uh, references. There's that one. And there's at least a, a couple more, I think, as the season goes on, too. So it's just like, it's weird. Again, very similar to uh, <laughs> the the uh, the severed feet in Superstore. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. I don't know if uh, Justin Spitzer was still working on uh, on The Office at this time, but yeah, clearly, clearly he brought a lot over to... Uh, He's got a morbid sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. The feet. Oh, man. <laughs> That's my wild theory. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Meredith was, was a scranton string. Mm. Um, any other thoughts on this episode? I didn't realize that this was... This, like, might be one of my favorite episodes. Like, it might be in my t- top five. Yeah. I just found that, like, a lot of the lines were very quotable and like i almost every single line is funny in this like almost every single one um and again like just kelly with the rom-com cliches uh i love joe which i don't i do like kathy bates as an actor but i don't always like love her characters um but like she's a cool woman she's like a dog mom she's a ceo like she's a pilot um friends nancy pelosi um so i love Sle- her i almost used uh i slept with three of the same guys as truman capote as my <laughs> intro. <laughs> i considered that too uh, uh even when she, i'm still mrs uh mrs bennett <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah you know, that whole bit like yeah, yeah. Mrs. to piss off the wife yeah she's just a cool person yeah um and then like every every like plot in this episode is really good like the dwight and ryan and how they like they don't accomplish anything at all but like how it ends is like them like yeah let's go get a drink and then they start arguing about like like martini bars are pretentious well i don't want to go somewhere where i have to make my own drink (laughs) you know beat vodka so i feel like that's kind of how they end is just yeah, yeah. Ag- agree to disagree I, I was thinking of something too we were talking about joe just uh all of her uh, her colorful sailing uh sayings and whatever it is like don't sell me gravy and try to tell me it's jelly because it ain't i can't even remember this gravy but, ain't sweet but yes then, where i'm from the two types of folk those who ain't and those who are knee high on a grasshopper which type ain't you ain't oh my god he continues that trend too of trying to say these old (laughs) sayings right and doesn't joe call him out on it yeah Yeah. Uh, she humors him like up to a point Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, it's a part for her character to just you know getting annoyed at michael yeah Yeah, she's she's really on top of him like that keeps going on uh uh kind of that's how their relationship goes over the next couple episodes too uh, i think it's the saint patrick's day episode where he invites himself down to florida oh yeah yes, i don't like her in that episode will we will we get to that one do you think yeah that's uh it is this season is that, okay yeah, yeah. Mm. i don't like her in that one but gus you got anything else in this episode no no i i, I like the episode i, I mean it feels like 
feels like all the characters were were in on it, you know, got apart. And yeah, like Aaron and Michael's relationship, especially the dance at the end with the piano. Yes. I just think it's adorable. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Her dance is just so like oh just those things that just stick in your mind. I uh I see a note here you made about uh wondering how long Dwight can you continue to count. Oh yeah, like 90 <laughs> seconds. I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he, what is he, he's 15 minutes late, right? Do you think he can <laughs> I was at another dumpster? <laughs> so oh. crazy oh man yeah that's <laughs> that pairing was clearly never gonna work but, but it works so well yeah. um i found it uh because i think one of the first episodes i did was mafia and it's when dwight and andy they're on the same side trying to help uh michael out with the mafia in what's not overly not a great episode but it's it's really fun seeing uh the two of them pair up and like actually work together and they do it much better than Ryan and Dwight ever did. Cause they're just, mm-hmm. their idiocy, their idiocy just feeds off of each other. Um, yeah. Ryan, Ryan and Dwight just have like way too different <laughs> mm. energies, but I guess in the end they got, uh, they got Jim to leave. <laughs> the balance is restored. Um, all right. So the critics, um, AV Club, Nathan Rabin, uh, I believe this is the highest score they gave out tonight, A-. Uh, he compared Joe Bennett to Don Geis. Uh, I, I thought it was a pretty good comparison. And that even with such little screen time, uh, Kathy Bates has built a character that can feel like they're around way more than they ever actually are, just because they have so much power and there's just so much weight to the character. Um, obviously, I spent a lot of time talking last episode of Don guys and he was only ever in eight episodes, but he just, you know, he has this, uh, this, this whole reach over the show. Um, and kind of, we'll see that with, uh, with, with Joe, um, even after she's, she gives the company to Robert California, like she still has a bit of a weight. Uh, the reviewer also said uh, Andy, Aaron, and Kelly are playing a bit into three's company territory with the miscommunications. In uh, um, one of his quotes that kind of stuck out, this is when, uh, you know, definitely fans were kind of getting tired of Jim and Pam, definitely a lot more than people are now. Um, but there's a quote, direct quote from this review. Jim was kind of a fucking dick tonight. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know if I really disagree or not. Um, there's just this whole um co-manager shtick just never really kind of works so um there's you know there's a bit of humor where they're just racing to the bottom but um yeah it's it's like we talked about it's refreshing to see michael have the power and actually mm-hmm. outsmart someone for once uh dan phillips ign gave it a 7.9 which uh a bit lower obviously um he also gives strong praise for kathy bates uh where she pulls off uh, I think this is kind of uh, what you were getting to, Sam. Just uh, she pulls off this like cartoonish, but smart character, which is not something we've really seen on this show. Uh, we get typically one or the other. There was a bit of uh, mixed feelings about this new dynamic, and I was kind of seen that review is probably why you know it gets such high ratings. You know, one reviewer and and uh, others give it lower. Um, although the reviewer brought up a really great hypothetical. What would have happened, say, if they left Michael as a salesman for a few episodes? 
um, would it actually have made for a good story arc? And I kind of thought about this after I read it and I was like, maybe it would be fun seeing Michael doing just the pure sales role, kind of different mm-hmm. than Michael Scott paper company. Um, Cause him flexing his sales muscle is like just always the best parts of the show. Whenever he gets to go in and rock it. Yeah. Um, but I think the flip side, what I think would have happened, like having Jim actually uh, become manager, um, they've just painted him into such a corner being like the half, like he doesn't know how to manage at all. So I feel like it would have really been like, just would have killed that, you know, Jim's character altogether just to have him like, he sucks at a lot of things later on in the show. Um, I feel like doing it that early would have just been, I don't know. I don't see the way they were writing it. If they could have pulled it off effectively, maybe we could have seen a lot better uh, Ryan and Dwight uh, Alliance (laughs) try to bring him down. But, Anyway, it was a it's a hypothetical I never thought of before because mm. we kind of see where the show goes. Rather, it, it builds around Michael um, having a new power structure with Saber, and then we we come to learn that Saber isn't all it's cracked up to be, which is kind of a bit of a fun storyline in its own. But uh, yeah, I thought that was it's, again. This is why I like going back and finding these reviews where people have like no future knowledge at all, and they're just watching it live because it's uh, you know, they obviously you know, have no idea where the show's going. Yeah. Um, IMDb's got an 8.0, 121st overall. That's uh, middle pack, basically. Just kind of where these episodes are in line. So that is the manager and the salesman. So with that, let's finally move on to our other Valentine's Day substitute over on 30 Rock. I did the thing again where I took the drink of water too late. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do that before I start playing the music. So Anna Howard Shaw Day uh, was written by Matt Hubbard. Uh, He's written nine of 17 30 Rocks. Uh, We last seen an episode written by him on audition day earlier this season. Uh, But big news. I should have had some sort of music planned for this because... This episode was directed by Ken Whittingham. I wrote in capital letters, he is our unicorn. I have found him. Because Ken, this is his first of 630 Rocks he directed. He'll direct Basic Genealogy later this season on Community. He'll direct eight Parks and Recreations. And at this point, he had already directed eight offices and will go on to direct one more for nine total. This is the first person I've been able to find with credits on all four shows. Oh my god! Yeah, I uh, Ken. Go Ken Winningham. I really, really hoped. Um, I'm still holding out hope that we'll find someone who's been on uh, on screen. But mm. I think this is a. Uh, I'm taking it. I'm taking this as yeah. a good. <laughs> um, one thing I mentioned. One thing I found, like Ken Winningham. I'm just gonna pull up his IMDb again because it is massive. Yeah, 94 directing credits. He's done almost every sitcom. He's done uh, 10 episodes of Blackish, A Good Place, Three Superstores, Four Life and Pieces, wow. Three Unbreakable Kimmy Schmitz, A Great News, A Trial and Error, Two Modern Families, Two Fresh Off the Boats. I'm skipping over shows I don't even have heard of. Two Dr. Ken's, oh, yeah. uh, Two Brooklyn Nine-Nines. 
six parenthoods uh, happy ending a 1600 pen three oh, broke girls happy endings oh. uh 10 mid 10 the middles 10 the entourages blue mountain state jesus 12 episodes <laughs> of scrubs oh. cougar town <laughs> like just <laughs> five my name is earl seven everybody hates chris oh my god oh, my name is earl wow okay chuck an ugly betty like just three king of queens <laughs> like it's just Ugly Bernie, Bernie Mac show still standing. I don't see. Uh, I don't think he did like just TV. Like I don't. I don't see any movies in there. Um, but yeah, he's a. Wow. I guess we've done every single TV show. I think Law of Averages. We were finally going to get one. So yeah. Uh, and yeah, he did. I mean, other than just doing the one community, like he did six, eight. He did. Uh, it's tough to do math on a Friday. 23, 24 episodes total across these four series. So, wow. Oh, yeah. big, uh, definitely a big, uh, fingerprint. So, uh, yeah. So, with that excitement, uh, 3.8 Nielsen rating, 6% share, 6 million viewers. It's up slightly from last week. So, that's where our ratings are at. And, uh, Sam, let's hit us with the synopsis. All right. It's Valentine's Day at TGS. I mean, it's Anna Howard Shaw Day. Jack meets his new fling at TV news anchor Avery Jessup, but she isn't charmed by Jack's typical dating tricks. Liz, who's not a fan of the holiday, has scheduled a dental surgery to avoid, but for insurance purposes, needs someone to pick her up due to the anesthesia. Uh, But because it's Valentine's Day, no one is wanting to do this. Jenna fears her stalker has moved on since she has since he has made no advances lately. Devastated by having less attention, she confronts her stalker. Seeing Jenna sad, Kenneth plans to help give Jenna what she wants, attention. Liz decides to make up a fake boyfriend to avoid signing the liability release that essentially says that she is forever alone and vows to make it home on her own. On Anna Howard Shaw Day. Mm-hmm. So, as, as I've been trying to do recently, <laughs> every time uh, 30 Rock has a has a reference to someone, I was like, well, I need to look up who that person is. Ever since we had the, uh, was it the Bob Ballard one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a few, few episodes back. Uh, so, Anna Howard Shaw was born in England, February 14th, 1847. She moved to Massachusetts when she was four. She was the first ordained female Methodist minister in the United States. Then she became a physician and was a leader for women's suffrage in the U.S. Hell yeah. She's a real person, unlike Jezba Romney. (laughs) 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 Um, First of all, that whole scene with uh, Avery and Jack and I can't remember the third guy's name. Mm. (laughs) Dude with the bow tie on, Mm -hmm. uh, on the show. Um, Hot box. Yeah, I think like just having Elizabeth Banks join the cast. Um, you, we've seen, um, you know, we've had some great actresses play Jack's uh, love interest. We've had, you know, Selma Hayek, Julianne Moore. I feel like I'm missing. Oh, there's the one with the bird bones. Uh, oh, that was a short lived one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even um, who played his ex wife? Someone famous. Yeah. Anyways. Um, you know, they, they've all been funny in their own right, but like 
Elizabeth Banks is uh, just a great comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just I've uh, really loved everything in her career up to this point. I actually another movie I watched the other day. I watched Pitch Perfect too the other night, and just some <laughs> of the stuff she comes out like with in that right, like she's she's just so goddamn funny. She's and so I think, good. And uh, so she's able to just play in this like the machine gun fire nature of uh, of Thirty Rock. She just yeah just fits like a glove. Um, yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, is Mitt Romney's oldest son named Jezba? Because I was like, That's, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, it's like is, slightly biblical, but not quite yeah. biblical. Uh, yeah. Uh, his, his oldest son's name is actually Taggart, which Ugh. I'm pretty sure is mm. a uh, an Atlas Shug reference. Uh, which seems right on point for Mitt Romney. Uh, ironically enough, though, this is 2010. So like Mitt Romney would be the next person wasn't the next president of the u.s but he was the next person to run against obama um, oh. um again that's talking about asides um <laughs> uh that that trip i went on to new york city um we went to go see david letterman i, I think i've mentioned this in passing before and all of the other times i've talked about uh about david letterman and i will say uh i did save who is conan o'brien and why is she so sad? I just I feel the need. I'm gonna have to play that every episode now. Uh, so I saw I saw uh, David Letterman. It was like March, um, first week of March. Like it was right after the Olympics ended. Like we were still in New York. Uh, you know, so he made you know plenty of jokes about uh, curling, and uh, I think he's actually the one who made the joke about uh, it's great the Canadians won the gold medal. Maybe they'll finally get interested in the sport. Um, <laughs> but his guest that night was Mitt Romney. Um, oh which was fucking awful uh <laughs> it was, yeah uh the two of them argued about obamacare for two segments and then um oh a second guest was uh she was uh alice in wonderland in those alice in wonderland movies from 10 years ago it was just a terrible show mm. um but i didn't really yeah, nothing I, says late night comedy like a republican exactly <laughs> And the, the reason for it, I, I got super pissed because I found out that uh, I think Bill Murray was the guest the night before and Jerry Seinfeld was the night after, something like that. Mm. Like, and I got Mitt Romney. Um, but uh, the worst part about, well, not the worst part. Um, I come home and I tell people, I was like, oh, I saw Mitt Romney. It was Mitt Romney and like no one knew who he was. I was actually thankful he ran for president. So now when I tell that story, people are like, oh, Mitt Romney. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nice. That was uh, after the show. Um, my wife and I uh, hung out on the street like stalkers, and we actually saw Dave come out of the studio to get into his vehicle. And we stopped him, and we got a, I was able to get an autograph and a picture with him. Nice. And, uh, and one of the things I was like, he's a lot shorter than you think he is. <laughs> yeah. huh. And I was like, uh, it's like, yeah, Dave, we were just in the taping. And he's like, oh, I'm real sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know, playing into what we talked about a few weeks ago, the the reason he had Mitt Romney was this was that was the first week Jay Leno took back the Tonight Show. Um, for more information on that, turn into episodes nine and ten for about an hour and a half of background on that. Uh, but yeah, it was um, so Jay Leno had started and he had Sarah Palin as a guest. So this was like, all right, who else do Republicans like? Mitt. Mitt Romney and his son Jezba. 
I noticed Gus made a note. <laughs> Who the fuck is Dennis Kucinich? <laughs> I had to look that one up too. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's mayor of uh, Cleveland now. Oh, which hmm. I just realized the connection there that we, we do see an uh, appearance from Floyd in this mm-hmm. episode. But uh, uh, yeah, he. I guess uh, from what I could tell about uh, Dennis Kucinich, he was uh, he was basically the uh, the the mid two thousands Bernie Sanders, where he was just the uh, the most left leaning guy out there. Mm. Like, wanted so the fact that the uh, the the liberal guy on the show thought Dennis Kucinich would be the next president, they're just like, all right, fuck off, like that's <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't get ideas. So that's uh, yeah, just just them uh. It's a whole lot of that one segment, but yeah, they're some trading shots. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I even found one of the reviewers are like, I couldn't even figure out what the hell they were talking about without having DVR. Like it's, it's a pretty amazing segment of them yep. uh, rapid fire. Yeah. So it, yeah, she's a, she's a good addition. And then um, her showing up at the party later. Well, I guess this kind of goes back to the, uh, uh, when they're on the date and he tries the phone trick, mm. she calls him out on that, which again, uh, I know yeah, that she is. She knows what time it is in Geneva. <laughs> I know we asked we asked Gus the question earlier about the Kikiri crew in uh, in Spanish, but you know that's not Swiss French. That's just regular French. I speak enough French to know Montcel et Poivre is just every kind of French for my salt and pepper. That's Swiss French. That's cute. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm I'm uh, as I mentioned going on almost 10 years of marriage. I've been lucky enough never to have the phone trick tried on me. Kids are still doing that one, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, kids kids these days take phone calls. Sure. Mm. They only take phone calls when they want to get out of a date. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it would just be a, 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 the text message that you have to take. Yeah. Gets you out of yeah. But, uh, I do. Uh, great use of uh, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, sure. That sounds like an appropriate use of my time and talent. Like at the end, he walks away and goes, I hate this place. He's a <laughs> yeah. Upset. Yeah. Because when, when Liz is signing a release, he's like, I uh, don't ever read something about signing it. That's how I got stuck being the artist of residence. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a, just how they keep throwing him into NBC show. <laughs> it's like, it's just, yeah. it's so fucking right. I don't even know if he was, he was doing something. Like, why, why John Bon Jovi? But yeah. It's a, it's a great cameo. Uh, I did note. I wanted to see if uh, if his music was at least used on any of the other shows. Um, maybe it had been, but the only uh, thing I could find on IMDb it said uh, "You Give Love a Bad Name" was used on uh, The Office's Money. I was like, "Who was that used?" It's Dwight sadly's playing it <laughs> after Angela won't go out with him anymore, and he's playing it on his recorder. Oh. <laughs> I never realized what he was playing before. I didn't either. No, yeah. that's so now okay. I can hear it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, I guess let's the other uh, crossover stars in this episode. Uh, John Hamm returns as uh, the hell's this character's name? Doctor Drew. Mm. Uh, John Hamm returns as Doctor Drew. Uh, he will make two appearances as Ed uh, in the season six park finale and the seven season seven premiere as part of the aforementioned time jump uh also basically just playing hot idiot <laughs> um and then uh yeah uh horatio sands uh he who currently may not be named anymore 
will play uh he plays the officiant actually in uh Craig and Typhoon's wedding in the parks series finale. Doesn't have any lines, which is weird why they got Horatio's hands. Uh yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird, uh, as as uncomfortable as we were with James Franco a few episodes ago. It's weird, especially all the stuff coming out about uh Horatio Sands these days, and he's playing a creepy guy in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of those allegations too doesn't seem like it might be the kind of thing Tina Fey may have been entirely not aware of because <laughs> it went back to the Saturday Night Live days. Well, I mean, as far as allegations go, we all made note of the probably the worst joke that I've ever <laughs> heard on a sitcom. Yeah, it's a uh, <sighs> it flies in there real fast. Uh, it's, I'm not gonna say I did laugh at it mostly because uh, I had bought a few Maxim magazines in my time, but uh, yeah, Avery Jessup made the uh, I'd rape that 100, which is. I think like I was I was shocked by the uh, uh, Meredith's thing about having her neck cut and then I was and then that one just like like, Jesus Christ did they just oh my god it's a yeah how how that one slipped by Um, I I guess because it's like it's at the expense of Maxim Um, readers yeah yeah I think so yeah yeah um but yeah it's uh we had talked about it a bit too about um actually i don't know if we talked about it during the podcast or off or afterwards uh how uh tina fey and paulo pell had a a a running contest about who could get the dirtiest and most insane joke on television and uh uh, i think they said the one that won was uh because paula plays pete's wife paula Mm -hmm. and uh i found it it's in the season five premiere i I eventually found it where Pete, <laughs> Pete and Paul have regularly uh, shared the marital bed while Paula is not away. <laughs> that joke won. <laughs> yeah. Joke. I say laughing awkwardly because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the whole the whole Jenna storyline in general with her, I, it's, uh, I guess we don't see a whole lot of Horatio Sands, but it's, uh, Seems like a pretty typical Jenna thing. We've been seeing a lot of Jenna uh, just having bizarre, crazy relationships. Uh, she has, she has, this was my favorite line of hers of the night. Has the dog who gives you your orders died? Yes. And that's a reference to Son of Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Son of <laughs> Sam, like, uh, thought that his neighbor's dog was a demon. Uh, and l- thought he was giving him orders. And it reminded me of Dwight's line of when he shot the werewolf, but then it already turned back into my neighbor's dog. Yeah. Mm. Yikes. Now, say, Sam's dogs are barking now, too. Yes. Oh. Kill. 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 <laughs> Actually, Sam, Sam was the name of the dog, or Sam was the demon's name. Sam was the neighbor's name. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I I looked it up and I've listened to podcasts about him, but I can't remember. I feel like someone named Sam would have a more vested interest in the serial killer. Than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just, and then I don't know. I've, it does kind of have a bit of a sweet ending in the end, where uh, 
uh, Kenneth decides to take up the mantle <laughs> of Jenna's yeah. stalker just mm-hmm. so she doesn't spiral out. And the um, hug that they share at the end, where they're both just smiling so much, is super cute. That he that he uh, he cuts he cuts He's, off her hair. Also, one of the lines that Jenna says that it's one of those lines that just like I'll be walking down the street and it'll just pop into my head is when she goes, "It's one of those kids on Glee, isn't it?" <laughs> oh, I love it. It is that. Um, yeah, we're definitely. I think Glee started this year and was obviously it was a big pop culture mm. phenomenon, right? So like we see. Communities taking hard shots at Glee later on. Um, the office does that whole weird episode yeah. where they do a Glee uh, viewing party. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe this is our first on-screen Glee reference. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if yeah. Parks and Rec ever mentions it. I don't know. I don't care much about Glee. <laughs> I, never, I never did watch it. Um, <laughs> Although I wonder though if uh, if Kenneth um, he does actually want to stalk Jenna, maybe get back mm-hmm. at her after for this exchange. Please do not say what Doug, Doug is, is my vibrator. <laughs> it felt a little out of like sorts that Kenneth already knew where that was going before he even let her. Yeah. Like, don't say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess uh, going back to I guess, um, the title of the show. In a Howard Shaw day, I found it interesting that uh, much like Parks and Recreation, they're named for alternatives for Valentine's Day that do not get mentioned again after the cold open. Yeah. Liz is very anti-Valentine's Day, but she never does bring up Anna Howard Shaw day, which I think is probably why I, I've been noticing a lot, quite a bit with uh, with uh, Thirty Rock show titles. Is like I have no idea what fucking episode that is. Like, mm. and it's just it's a very kind of throwaway. It's not even really that great of a line of it. it's like oh i'm celebrating the suffragette and that's not really a joke <laughs> like it's just yeah and then they name the episode after then you're just uh it is what it is but um yeah everything everything about it like uh uh for scheduling oral surgery uh i will say um well, she's getting i guess they uh i get confused because it uh they talk about it i think or uh frank mentions it being he got his wisdom's teeth out but it's Liz is getting a root canal. Um, I was put on the good stuff when I got my wisdom teeth out. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the greatest 20 minutes of my life. (laughs) It only uh, lasted 20 minutes. I I think, yeah, it's pretty quick proceed. Like, cause I got them out when I was uh, 18 and uh, yeah, your, your wisdom teeth are pretty soft and they just kind of pop it. (laughs) I was told Uh, I was completely like I was out of it. I can be like, if you're grossed out about teeth stuff, maybe <laughs> skip ahead 15 <laughs> seconds. But like, I can remember them. I could feel them breaking things inside oh. of my head. And I was yeah. like, this is, like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> Jesus. Do you, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, you're, you're usually looking at like broken bones and stuff like that, Gus. Are you, do you ever get people, is anyone ever sedated like that where they go in or are they usually like have to be fully conscious and not like loaded up on <laughs> drugs? So the the only times that they actually uh, maybe they don't put them down, but they give them anesthesia is when they have to do a, they have to line it back in the bone if it's broken in the ED. So they have to put them down so they're not aware. They'll line it up and then they'll cast it. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, reduction. That's what it's called. So they reduce it, align it. Uh, and they, yeah, they're really aggressive too when they're grabbing the arms or whatever they're grabbing. The doctors are, they really get in there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, sounds a lot like my, uh, my wife. She broke her humerus. She said, uh, yeah, they gave her that good stuff. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> but she still, she still felt when they uh, reset her humerus. And then I think actually poor Sam's just. <laughs> horrified you can't you can't see sam's body language here but she's horrified. uh i think uh, did they have to re-break it or did they Ooh, break it? No. i can't even remember. anyway she had she had but also yeah she had a, she had a pretty good time when she had her wisdom teeth removed um we were both pretty young and like i said they give you that good stuff and it's mm-hmm. it's i completely understand exactly everything liz <laughs> like <laughs> what what was going on afterwards hallucinating um, her boyfriends yeah yeah uh, oh, and bon jovi <laughs> yeah and bon i was definitely jovi. yeah i was like i could definitely i could definitely do this every day for the rest of my life <laughs> but uh it was i love the was... nurses too like <laughs> they're so funny yeah um which i think i mean this episode got really good it's got really good ratings on imd as we get to it and i think you know, good. Uh, you know, this one's maybe in the maybe pile on how well it age is uh, is Jason Sudeikis, Dennis Winters, and John Hamm uh, playing <laughs> the three the three nurses afterwards. It's a it's a uh, uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't be doing that anymore. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely I think definitely one of the more memorable uh, mm-hmm. scene. I think it's you know it's it may not doesn't age well, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a funny one. I noticed Dennis is still wearing his his beeper, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's dressed up like a nurse. He's got the beeper. He's yeah. the beeper king. But yeah, it's uh, uh, I don't know. I think I, I guess it's just fun. They bring the three of them back. Just any anything anything Dennis Winters, Dennis Winter, Dennis Winters, um, Dean Winters. His name's mm. Dennis is his yep. name. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, you know, great turn is the vulture. Um, he's back on. He was in Oz back in the day. Mm. Great character. Yeah. Again, and all I've done for the last several weeks is watch movies. I I, uh, I ended up watching uh, Donald Glover's Mystery Team uh, last week, and that was when we talked about last episode. It has a. We were talking about uh, all the Derek comedy guys being uh, Pierce's joke writers mm. in the last episode. Uh, so that's a movie they made back in two thousand nine, and. I thought I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, I thought it had Aubrey Plaza in it. And it did um, along with Donald Glover. It also has uh, Ellie Kemper in it. And uh, uh, Kevin.com Brown, as his name is on, on IMB <laughs> is also in it. Uh, and this, so there's this line in this episode. Maybe someday we'll live in a world where you ask us to pretend to be scientists. <laughs> where he's upset about playing bouncers. Uh, he plays a strip club bouncer in Mystery Team. <laughs> so when I saw that scene, I'd already, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> things are coming together here. <laughs> so yeah, an actor from each show was uh, in that movie. Actually, there's quite a few. Uh, um, Lutz also has a small role in the movie oh, and uh, just a few other comedians that have been in kind of all the shows like uh, Matt Walsh and John Daly also show up in it. It's a, uh, it's a pretty weird movie. It's a, uh, uh, Donald Glover, DC Pearson, and what's the third guy's name? Anyway, those those three guys, they're basically child detectives, like kind of like uh, Encyclopedia Brown, Boxer Kids kind of thing, except they're now all 
18 years old and still pretending to solve child mysteries. Oh my God. And so everyone I just thinks, added it to my watch list. Yeah. yeah. So everyone thinks they're in like, they're weird. Cause it's like, why are you guys still doing this? But like, they're still just totally naive. Like it's a, it's, it, it's a movie. It's a 2009 <laughs> movie. Um, I can't even remember what let's plays in it, but um, I also been noticing, I've been pulling a lot of uh, let's quotes every single episode she's real would a fake woman have a personal website at jdlutz.com backslash karen backslash proof <laughs> oh lutz yeah i don't know i think uh, i think i think um you know bringing back the uh, those three love interests um it's probably why the show gets why this episode gets a lot of attention mm-hmm. that it does uh and then you know um you know we don't know it yet obviously but we'll see a lot more of uh, of Avery Jessup as as the series goes on, um, and she'll also have presence off screen even as she isn't in the episode anymore. Mm. But the the whole subplot where she gets kidnapped by North Korea. <laughs> um, I love this line though. <laughs> I have a thing for commanding salt and pepper types. I don't know why. I think it started when I walked into my parents doing it the day Reagan was shot. I wouldn't overanalyze that. <laughs> i wouldn't want to overanalyze that one either because i oh my god i i don't know what's going on there but yeah um yeah great addition oh uh when uh when bon jovi's getting the giving the advice because I, I wanted to look up if monmouth university was a real thing he says he got an honorary degree from there um is apparently a real university but actually last year he actually was conferred an honorary degree from princeton <laughs> okay life imitating art for his humanitarian work oh okay like they give honorary degrees to everyone (laughs) yeah i don't quite understand what an honorary degree is like i i understand the concept but like what why yeah i think it's a way to get celebrities into your university yeah and get some free press yeah um i think i think the idea right is that uh you can give someone a you know a degree in arts let's say if they've done enough in their professional career that it's like all right well that's like you're equivalent uh, yeah you're you understand the philosophy of this you can have your mm. philosophy doctorate yeah. or whatever it is but uh well I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a scam to like uh <laughs> get people to donate to universities yeah I wonder if yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have to pay for them or not. Should. Mm. <laughs> really, I've heard that about uh, stars on the Walk of Fame that you have to pay for those. Yeah, um, it's like 10, 20 grand, I think. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of a, a crossover here, too, um, where they play uh, Sarah McLaughlin while mm-hmm. uh, they're doing the whole <laughs> montage about Maynard. Mm-hmm. Um, as sappy as that song is. It always makes me think of the goddamn office finale now, and it's like it's hard not to cry. Yeah, <laughs> not because of you, you know, usually like tortured puppies, like Sarah McLaughlin songs usually. Yeah, yeah. it's like a... that particular tone of voice just means cry. <laughs> now it's making me think of the. Uh, I guess it must be in, in Sam's second or not Sam, sorry, <laughs> in Pam's second pregnancy, <laughs> um, where Jim's like. Are you watching that commercial again? Because <laughs> she's all emotional. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, what else do I got here on the drop board? Oh, there's... A, I haven't played any of a... 
Some of Liz's best lines tonight. One word, oral. Two words, oral surgery. <laughs> the, the... What's with the euphemisms, Jack? Why don't you just say you want some? Is that sex, Lemon? Here's the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the physical call. Funny. Yeah. Um, I like her interaction when she's at um, Jack's house and uh, he's t- she's talking to Jessup and, you know, she's asking her, how's Jack? Oh, Jackie boy? Yeah. Best one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is uh, obviously very firmly, very deeply in the, you know, they are never going to get together. And obviously they're mm-hmm. just friends, but uh, you're playing on kind of what we see uh, Ron and Leslie turn into just like, him dragging her with one leg up in the air and one arm just a bit. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, that's Jack and Liz. That's yeah. That's friendship goals right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does he? Uh, is it Jack that gives her shit for taking stock advice from PBS? <laughs> no. Uh, I I just find it funny that I guess she mentions it offhand right to Jack. Yeah. Go. So I I, uh, mm. I don't take tech advice anymore from CNN from PBS now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, what kind of stuff? <laughs> She's like, which kind of stocks? It uh, stocks. Yeah, yeah, we're all redditors. I feel like that feels <laughs> oddly relevant. <in> everything <laughs> he's, I, I may have bought some uh, AMC stock and then immediately lost forty dollars. <laughs> yes. Damn Reddit. Well, any uh. Is there any any other thoughts on uh, on Anna Howard Shaw Day? Mm, I just they don't give Tracy much. Yeah. In this episode, and I think it's been like that the last couple episodes. Yeah. Um, it's not a really Tracy. Not even the side story has much to do with Tracy. Yeah, because last week he just basically offered up his apartment, or said he mm-hmm. had a guest house, and then didn't give it. And then mm-hmm. he had uh, uh, he had a few lines. Like we haven't really seen much out of him since the uh, the Boston trip episode. Yeah, he's barely in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just uh, or even yeah, and you know we don't we don't have a whole lot of Pete either. But yeah, they're both basically they're just uh, they're just celebrating Valentine's Day in their own fucked up ways. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Pete's wife's stake at the kids to Niagara Falls, <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. gonna have the house to himself. And <clears throat> Tracy, it's like that's when it's gonna get weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I can't. I think it happened later in the show where yeah, this isn't like where Tracy disappeared for. Like he actually does disappear off the show for a while. And I think it was, I think Tracy Morgan. I don't know if he had someone with diabetes or something like that, but mm. he had to have like a medical leave from the show. But mm. yeah, yeah, there's not a, not a lot of them. I'm still waiting for him to EGOT. Bring it back. Oh, yeah. Critical consensus on uh, on uh, Anna Howard Shaw Day. Uh, AV Club Nathan Raymond again gave it an A minus. Uh, huge praise for Elizabeth Banks uh, again stepping right into that Thirty Rock style of comedy um, and just her being able to banner with Alec Baldwin even made it feel a bit of Thirty Rock of old. Uh, those sweet friend mentor moments between Jack and Liz build that up. Something the reviewer picked up on that I never really noticed was that. All of uh, all of Kenneth's or sorry, all of Jenna's wacky plots. Like we've seen quite a few in the last few weeks between um, Verna coming back and um, 
there was one from a few weeks before that. Oh, the, the James Franco plot. Mm-hmm. Um, they all seem to get wrapped up, actually. Like, they all actually have an ending. They're not just, like, trailed off and, like, all right, we'll just pretend this finish off screen. Like, there's a, there's, they all kind of get wrapped up nicely in each episode, which uh, um, doesn't really seem to happen a lot in a lot of these kind of wacky scenarios. You just kind of, like, you don't really actually give it an ending. Um, so kudos to them for doing that. Um, and also... Uh, here's a here's another verbatim stray thought uh, from this interview. Uh, clearly, something none of us have thought about either. But uh, what happened to Robot Guy? Is he hanging out with Josh? <laughs> yeah, not one not one of us thought about Danny once. <laughs> Aww, our, no. justice for Danny, our poor Canadian friend. Mm. Maybe he was at the Olympics. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, doing the robot. Mm, yeah, doing the robot. <laughs> That's canon. Robert Canning from IGN gave it a 7.7. Uh, so a much lower rating. So again, it's a bit of a split in consensus. Uh, he, this is, I noticed this is an interview at the time. Uh, Liz dumping on Valentine's Day makes the episode feel flat and joyless. Uh, but shockingly, this guy thought the three white guys talking in Jamaican accents was the real highlight of the episode. <laughs> uh, I think... I think I saw this coming even before I read a review. I'm like, someone's just going to like say this is the <laughs> comedic masterpiece. The one thing I've noticed is that, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, 30 Rock and The Office got both a good review and a bad review, whereas uh, Community and Parks are both getting you know, pretty consistent good reviews, or at least, you know, they're always kind of in par. Like both sites are kind of giving the same review. Um, I think it's kind of, a bit of, you know, community and parks are new shows. So they're getting relatively consistent because, you know, I don't think the critics are having a whole lot of expectations of these shows, but with 30 rock in the office, it's almost always some subject subjectivity about, um, you know, this how past episodes go. So like mm. just them referencing like, Oh yeah, Elizabeth banks joining that, you know, this makes it feel like an old 30 rock episode. Um, so it's coming up a lot is that um, you just that you know where each show each 30 rock and office are several episodes you know several seasons deep um and this is kind of where you start seeing you know things start to splinter so um you know i don't think this podcast will go on long enough to see <laughs> when that starts happening with comedian parks uh but yeah it's uh it's interesting yeah it's i don't know there's definitely not a su- lot of subjectivity which i guess i don't know are critics supposed to be subjective or objective? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're either. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're definitely subjective over here. Um, one thing really weird, and again, I'm, I'm, I think it's entirely that final scene that does it. Uh, this has an 8.5 on IMDb, making it the seventh highest ranked episode of 30 Rock on IMDb. Um, and only the only other season four episode that beats it is uh, the season finale. So either that or like me, people love Elizabeth Banks and are happy to see her on the screen. I don't know. Um, or Bon Jovi. Or could be Bon Jovi. I'm trying to think of Bon Jovi. <laughs> right now just blanked completely. <laughs> Bad medicine? I don't know. Living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. Yeah, I know these. I used to. I used to, we used to play uh, "Wanted Dead or Alive" in my cover band. I spent a lot of time jumping up and down. It's not a lot of bass in that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, 
I had a summer job once working <laughs> working at a daycare. And there was this eight-year-old kid who brought in his mom's cassette copy of uh, Bon Jovi's. I can't remember if the album was called New Jersey or Bad Medicine. Regardless, it, it was the album with Bad Medicine on it. And he just kept playing Bad Medicine over and over all day. Aww. So now every time I hear, dun, 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 I was like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with Bon Jovi's music. It's uh, a... <laughs> Subjectively good, subjectively it drives me up the fucking wall. That's fair. All right. So with that, uh, let's head into uh, the wrap-up. So, as we do every week, every episode, every month, <laughs> every every episode, uh, the first one, uh, first thing we want to look at is uh favorite one-liners in the night and i think i think gus and i both agreed on what ours was movie reference <laughs> i'll just keep spamming that uh, any any other uh favorite lines of the night uh yeah <clears throat> i like um i'm parks and rec the exchange between andy and kyle <laughs> yeah i got the i, I grabbed that one Hey Andy, I've been here for half an hour. Can Dude. I get my shoe shine? Kyle, I'm gonna lose my <laughs> on you if you ask me one more time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love Kyle. He's so good in these small doses, right? Like he's just uh we didn't really talk about it during the parks, but just like the fact that um like you know, I know Sam, you mentioned it last week, like Pawnee just being like this ass backwards town where like they hate libraries and love sugar. Uh they're just so mean to the nicest guys, including <laughs> Kyle. And uh, and Jerry, the Jerry. Jerry, and then we see later on that even like mm. uh, uh, even Jerry picks on Kyle, like even Kyle is lower <laughs> than Jerry. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Kyle's Kyle's been a, a great a background addition for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna get those shoes shine. Sam, you got a favorite one liner? Favorite line is definitely, of course, I see saw Mose and I see saw all the time. Oh shit! It's brilliant. All right. Um, what's what was your uh, what was your favorite scene tonight, Sam? Michael and Aaron dancing at the end. It's just so cute. Mm-hmm. I love it. Her doing her little head bob with the little finger. How, how about Bossa Nova? <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, nope. Love the two of them. Okay. How about you, Gus? Uh, <clears throat> I like the 80s montage in Community. Yeah, I just like the dancing, the callbacks. Like, okay, this is this is great. <laughs> so you both went for music and dancing scenes yeah. today. Yeah, I uh, I had a bit of a tough time with it, but again, I just uh, the nooner scene just <laughs> fucking slayed <laughs> me. Like, oh man, I don't know. I I don't know why I find it so funny. It's it's you know. I, any reference also to like the song Afternoon Delight just <laughs> warms my heart too. Like when when uh, Anchorman does it, when uh, it comes to a joke on Arrested Development, like I just, yeah, just something so funny about it. So yeah, I, uh, yeah. And then again too, and it just, I found while re watching it, and it's just the first seeds of Ron kind of figuring Justin out. And Justin's also like smiling because he knows what a nooner is. Yeah. And he's like, and he wasn't even, I guess, too, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you could play that. He's like, I'll explain it to her later, which is also like, 
Oh, I'll explain it to her later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, they pulled it off while being cute, which is, yeah. and then with also like, yeah, I just said, yeah, very, very funny. And then just even funnier on the rewatch too. So, yeah. Um, secret mission of love. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Here's going to be the hard part because I, I have no fucking clue. Uh, anyone want to try to take a stab at, at, at rankings? I think I can pretty easily. Uh, number one is going to be office. Two is probably Anna Howard Shaw day. I'd have to go three Galentine's day and four community. Mm. Yeah. I like that order. I would switch 30 rock to first instead but everything else yeah yep. same oh geez i don't i'm putting myself on the spot here and i've been staring at this all i i don't know i don't i <laughs> i think i think i kind of have to do it backwards i'm like okay what did i what's the worst what what parts did i dislike and i'm like um i don't know i think i'm gonna go I think I might go community office, 30 rock, Galentine's Day. But I mean, they're all, I don't, and, and you know, I wouldn't say I loved uh, um, manager in this. Like I wouldn't, I don't think it's in my, my top five, even though, I mean, it's got some great moments in it. Um, I think they're all very, they're all like, they're all A minus episodes to me. I think they're just mm-hmm. kind of uh, neither's, really terrible and has something you know really bad party they're all just kind of weird goofy fun i think it's kind of a thing with holiday episodes right like they're yeah. always um they're the kind you know if you decide like hey i'm gonna do a uh you know i actually don't really do it with valentine's day episodes but i do it typically for uh you know like i'm gonna watch all the christmas episodes from all these series right so it's like ones you tend to go back to a lot um so yeah they did each each series i found it a pretty solid um take on valentine's day which even a bit better than uh, the halloween and the christmas episodes you've seen this year so yeah i'm sorry it was a rough one i didn't I almost didn't even want to do rankings but i couldn't decide <laughs> so um with that a little, little bit of news um we we got to talking about um the immediate future um of what we want to do next after we, we finished recording last time. So option one, if we keep everything the same um, and we just continue on with the next set of episodes, these would be the ones that aired after the Winter Olympics as I was coming home from New York City. This would be on March 4th, 2010. Uh, it was a bit of an event night because um, we had Community Season 1, Episode 17, Physical Education, which... Um, I love that episode. Uh, Parks and Recreation Season 2, Episode 17, Woman of the Year. Uh, another fantastic episode with uh, the Ron and Leslie dynamic. Um, but then there was no new 30 Rock because it was a very special double episode of The Office. Season 6, Episode 17 and 18, The Delivery, Parts 1 and 2. So um, that is what we would do next. But what we've been talking about is holding off on that for a little while. And instead, I think, at least through the summer, because uh, we don't we probably won't have time to sit around and record for three hours. I don't know how these go on for so long every time. 
but um, instead, what we've been talking about is uh, looking to do some bonus content uh, and go outside of these four shows. Um, you know, you've heard us reference, we referenced Superstore tonight. We've had uh, kind of trouble and offer you an egg in these troubling times. <laughs> uh, we've gone kind of all over the place. Um, there's plenty of other series we all love talking about. Um, so thinking outside the box a bit, what we like to do is just some shorter one-off episodes, just about other great episodes of TV from all sorts of different series. Um, that's pretty much as far as we've, as we've marinated that idea so far. Uh, but rather than talking about four episodes all at once for two and a half hours, we pick one, basically just talk about what we feel like. Um, we haven't, we haven't even picked what episodes we'd like to do yet. But uh, I think that is going to be our next move um, in the next episodes you'll see coming out from us. So it'll all still be here in the Comedy Night podcast at right feed. Um, you know, I say I don't beg for subscriptions or likes often, but if you do that, the new episodes will just show up when they're available and you'll see it when it comes out, whatever we decide to do. And, uh, you know, if you're a fan, you know, I don't think we'll go too far outside the box with the first couple episodes, but we've been talking about some some ideas of things we could do with that. So that at least will be the next three to six episodes of what we do. Uh, at least take a few turns picking some some great episodes we want to talk about and, uh, and go through there. Um, so yeah, so if you've heard that and you'd like to send some feedback about other shows you think we should discuss or anything at all, because again, I am still waiting for any sort of validation from the void <laughs> if anyone could send me anything at all uh you will the email will get read on podcast uh that email address is comedy night podcasted right at gmail.com um uh let's keep using that even though uh, with the change in format so again uh we will be taking suggestions we've even talked about it'd be a great opportunity to bring on uh some guests too so uh you know, you have a setup for podcasting and would like to get involved, we could we could find a way to accommodate that. Um, other places you can find us is on Instagram at Comedy Night Podcasted Right, on Twitter at Comedy Night Pod One, and you can join the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash comedy night pod right. And you could be the first person to make a comment on discussion threads that I put up there. Um and also, all of those places are great places to keep updated on what is next for the podcast. Uh, so with that, um, Sam, you got anything you'd like to plug? You can follow me at uh, on Instagram, at Sam underscore Thistle. And uh, yeah. Gus, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I was just going to say <clears throat> some changes to my IG handle. I made a new IG Primos underscore primeros for the podcast. My cousin and I will be coming out with very soon. And yeah, I'll be more active on that one, promoting this podcast as well as my podcast. Yeah, I was very excited when I got a new follower and it was Primos Primeros. I was like, I'm going to hear that episode. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we're, make, we're making Gus do it. <laughs> we're making progress. Can't wait. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, keep keep your ears open for that, and we'll definitely uh, keep you informed here as well when uh, when that gets up off the ground. 
so yeah so that uh that's it this has been comedy night podcast are great hopefully not for the last time in this format i'm sure we'll get back to at some point we're definitely going to want to talk to the delivery physical education and uh in uh woman of the year but we're going to take uh, a bit of a gap and, and talk some other shows uh instead uh and and once again i know a few times we've had to mentioned that this is an audio presentation, whether we've talked about uh, Aaron's dance or you know how uncomfortable Sam was when we were talking about setting bones. Uh, and you can't see what we're wearing, but we've been stuck in these fancy, but uncomfortable pantsuits for several hours. Man, I cannot wait to get out of these ridiculous outfits. Oof. I know, yeah. What are you doing? I'm parked over here. Oh, uh, well, uh... <laughs> what? Um, what the hell is this? We're going to get frozen yogurt. Ah, I'm not gay, man. They close in seven minutes. I could have driven you. You said he hated Froyo. Just drive.